Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. It's in 15 seconds after the hour of five, and this is the month of July in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, if you would like to uh, engage with us on the telephone, it's 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101. You can also text anytime. It's 520 520 Five one, And if uh, you'd like, you can email as well. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah with an H at kufo.com. Tim at kufo.com. Or uh, Greg Nibbler, our intrepid production assistant, can be reached at nibbler, N-I-B-L-E-R, at uh, kufo.com. All right. Uh, coming up uh, inside this hour, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum talks to us about whether or not the economy is finally on the recovery trail. It's not. Uh, next hour, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins will talk about uh, what is sure to be a spectacular failure to grant health care to every living, breathing American. Uh, what else coming up? Dax Holt from TMZ uh, will be joining us later on today. Not that I don't love Michael Jackson at all, because I, I, I do, but I think once that memorial service happened, I just sort of... I just kind of filed him away under the, you know, in the category of things that I was sort of sick of for, for a while. So what, it, what I had never realized, but which I discovered this morning, is that they still haven't buried him anywhere. So Michael Jackson, has been, he's been dead for a month now. I mean, within a week or so, we're going to start entering real James Brown territory with that guy, because I guess he's still just sitting in a freezer somewhere, kind of waiting, waiting to be stuck in the ground. Hey, did we ever get Michael Jackson's brain back, Tim? I don't believe it's been returned yet. All right, so... In any event. Uh, so we have uh, Dax Holt about Michael Jackson and some other things. I guess Chris Brown uh, finally, quote, apologized. Yes, we'll uh, have that. For beating on Rihanna. Uh, so we have that coming up at uh, 8 o'clock. That's Dax Holt from TMZ. Don Taylor from Cinematica will be here uh, on the 7 o'clock hour. And a pair of tickets to Crewfest 2 could be yours. So we're giving away a, a pair of tickets to Crewfest 2 along with a reissued copy of Dr. Feelgood. Uh, Crewfest 2 coming up one week from today. That is next Tuesday at uh, Clark County, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, Geek Watch coming up today. We have a uh, Darwin Watch coming up today and uh, other things of that nature. Hello, Sarah Dillon. How are you? Doing fabulously. How about yourself? I'm fantastic. Can you uh, boost my microphone ever so slightly? Thank you so much. All right. I got kind of an allergy thing going Me on today. Me too, actually. This morning I was Me sneezing three. on the way to work. Yeah. Wait a minute. If all three of us have it on the same day, do we know that it's allergies? Yes. I think my, so. My garden is in full bloom. All right. Yeah, and my eyes are itchy and I'm sneezing. That doesn't really sound like a cold. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any other... I have no other cold or flu symptoms. It's just that it's like a, it's like I got a whole, a whole head full of sandpaper or something. You know what I mean? And it, I appreciate you preemptively telling Tim and I that you're going to go out in the hallway to blow your nose. Oh, I'm not going to be... Nobody, he, that should be done behind closed doors. Can I just... No, nose, nose blowing is one of the worst things on earth. And I don't think I'm just being a prude in that regard. It's just one of the worst sounds 
which I will not. I mean, it, and it's such an awful sound that I won't actually. I won't even do it on the air here for comedic effect. I mean, that's and we've actually not very often, but we have from time to time. I mean, maybe fewer than five times over the course of the nine years or eleven years or whatever. How long we've been doing this damn program? We have every now and again. Blown our nose. No, no, no. See, oh. but that's the thing we never have. We, I was going to say... Oh, on we, the air. Fewer than five times we have actually used uh, the sound of flatulence on the air. Very, very, very rarely. That's well, that, a, that would be sophomoric. That, see, that, and that's the, exactly, Tim, and we're above that. That's, uh, that is for uh, programs more, more juvenile and uh, less serious than our own. But we have done that. I'm not going to pretend that we haven't. The, the nose blowing is just... A, that's of a different school altogether. It's just the most vile, off-putting sound on earth. So I will not be doing that today. All right. Uh, well, let's do this. Let's pay a visit to the uh, news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the CBS News Center. It is 508. It's going to be 95 degrees today. It's already 66. 100 degrees by the weekend. At long last, Portland's unemployment rate drops below 12%. The numbers for June show it at 11.6%. Now, a year ago, it was 5.3%. Nationally, unemployment stands at 9.5%. Here at the metro area, construction and manufacturing are finally picking up. Portlanders will be able to see the International Space Station this week. The best view will be tomorrow night at 928. Look in the northeastern sky at about 72 degrees. It'll look like a non-twinkling light moving against the stars. These things are never as impressive as they make them sound, by the way. No. They always say this, if you look uh, just uh, near the horizon at 7 p.m., you'll be able to see Mars as it passes the moon. Twinkling light. Hey, let me ask you a question. Yes. Why can you see the moon during the day sometimes and not others? I think about that sometimes, too, actually. It weirds me out. Doesn't it, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, it doesn't seem right. Either you should be able to see the moon all the time, or you should not be able to see the moon all the time. Why can you sometimes well, see the moon? it depends on the rotation of the Earth. You're making that up. No, I know that for a fact. What do you mean it depends well, on the rotation of the... Well, you ask me a question, the... I You're lying to me. <laughs> well, I'm I mean... I'm not going to participate in these conversations anymore. <laughs> if, if I just so callously disregard your observations... Yeah. What do you mean it has to do with the, the rotation of the turns, Earth? I turns away from the moon. The best part is that Tim is actually moving his hand in a circle right now to demonstrate what it's he like, means by turns. I understand, but I get, but it doesn't seem to be an issue of... Here's what I mean. The moon is in the same place relative to the Earth at the same time every day. In other words, at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, yes. every day, the moon is more or less in the same place relative to myself. Isn't right, that correct? The moon stays in the same place. But doesn't it seem like some days... You can see the moon even when the sun is out, but some days you can't. Yes. See, that's the thing that I'm saying weirds me out. That's weird because if the Earth is, you know, rotating, yeah, because you the moon, shouldn't be able to see the moon. The moon is... Well, no, no, no. See, now you're adding another... Uh, it's way too early in the day for this. This is like yesterday when I said that vampires uh, would, you know, couldn't Make be... get burned by a fire. Couldn't be near campfires. <laughs> and then somebody had the, the complicated by pointing out that welding actually puts off ultraviolet rays, and so the, the vampires actually couldn't be near welding equipment because that might kill them. But, I mean, the sun either should be bright enough that it blocks out uh, the moon all the time or not. But it, but that doesn't seem to be the case. It's like occasionally you can see it, and the whole thing just weirds me out a little bit. I like seeing the moon. I don't think it has anything to do with the the, the location of the moon, is but my point. No, the, the moon is at the same location all the time. But if the Earth is constantly rotating, I mean, why right. would you like be able to see the moon and the sun? Because as the Earth is rotating... Wait a minute, now I don't know. <laughs> 
I knew a second ago. And now it's I awful know. early for this type of conversation. It really is. And why is the sky blue? <laughs> I'm uh, and I'm unable to, to channel Carl Sagan at this point. So we'll move on. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg says the moon landing is fake. Who uh. shot the footage? Cause you see the two astronauts. You never see the. Th- you th- think that the guy would go. Like, yeah, but you would think he would have turned around and gone like this, so we knew it was him. There was a man. Uh, you know, there was there the was other who was in the capsule and who and who yes, was shooting but, it. But but you never see. Well, but you that don't really is, doubt that the men landed on the moon. I am just saying that there are wonderful. There are wonderful. Ah, shut up. Thank you, Tim. I appreciate that. I didn't want to have to say it. Yes, I'm glad that we were all on the same page just now. The only way I like Whoopi is when she was guided. That's it. There, there will always be doubters. It's and, a 12 foot penis! And I'm willing to entertain <laughs> any evidence to the contrary. There, there are other nutcases out there. For instance, all those who say Barack Obama is not an American who stood up before this uh, question and answer period yesterday. I don't know how these internet rumors start, but there were enough nutcases who look like they're from a, 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 a Sacha Baron What's-His-Name movie who are just foaming at the mouth. I want to go back to January 20th, and I want to know why are you people ignoring his birth certificate? Oh, for the love of God. There were tens of these crazy nuts. Oh, Give it wow. back to white people, please. It's been taken from white people. And there are tens of these people out there. Suck it, Rube. All right. Uh, Jesus, God almighty. And we're just starting. <laughs> it's only it's only 13 minutes after the I hour. barely opened Pandora's box of sound today. God almighty. All right. Well, we have more straight ahead with uh, Tim Riley, also Steve Kastam. I'm joining us from New York City. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the brand new single from Pearl Jam. You're moments away from the brand new Pearl Jam single from the upcoming album Backspacer. This is The Fixer, ladies and gentlemen. It's a brand new Pearl Jam right here on Rock 101 KUFO, live from Portland. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. UFO. Broadcasting in standard definition. If you don't have a place where you can hold these people, you only have other options to kill them. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us today. All right, the uh, first of two different uh, shout-outs, shouts-out. I don't know how you do that. Is that like attorneys general where you where you pluralize the first word of two? Mm, I don't know. Shout-outs or shouts-out? What do we, we think? Shout-outs. Shout-outs, okay. Mm-hmm. First of two, uh, Mark and Company, the Jansen Beach Home Depot. Greetings and salutations to you. We have a big following at Home Depot. We are in Hillsboro, too. We are huge at Home Depot. Home Depot. We are, uh, and Belgium. We are loved at Home, at home Depot. I get waited on right away when I go in. That's because they know who you are, Tim. They know you're no one to be trifled with. Uh, when I was at, uh, so I was at the, the uh, Car Toys uh, uh, tent sale on Friday, and you know that was at Jansen Beach, to so the Home Depot's right there. And so Mark came over, and he's actually the guy who sort of, you know, he starts at the whole joint in the morning. He goes in, and uh, I think he's, I think he's kind of a maven or an overlord or something. So uh, in any event, and we, so we uh, hear from those folks all the time. So greetings to you, fine uh, citizens of Home Depots across the fruited plain, and so forth. <laughs> 
Good morning to you, Steve Castamel. I'm from CNN Radio New York. How are you today? I'm doing well. Uh, rainy day here in New York today. Is it? The, let me ask you this. If I, and I think I may have emailed you about this at some point earlier on today, uh, earlier on this month, rather. Uh, if I go to New York, like in sort of mid to late August, is it going to uh, be sweltering still? Am I going to be like in the middle of some Spike Lee film or something? You know, normally I would say yes, because the heat waves that we've had in recent years tend to uh, have been in August. However... This July has been, uh, for me, unusually mild. Uh, the temperatures have been, you know, up in the uh, upper 70s. Only the last couple of days have we seen temperatures above 80s. So, uh, I don't know, maybe you'll get away with a, a lucky mild August. Well, that's global warming is what that is, Steve. There's just no getting around it. You could always go to Boston. The weather's going to be very pleasant there. So that's the thing. So uh, so later on in the summer, I think in August, uh, is Sarah, is it true that... Uh, I think we're going to be there at the same time. So I think Sarah and possibly Greg... And myself are all going to be in New York at the same time in August, which is weird. Wow! So uh, is Tim going to be running the show while you're gone? Tim will be. Uh, Tim runs the show now. Let's have no illusions about that. We really uh, we're just an adjunct to Tim at this point, Steve. Gotcha. Hey, so the economic uh, recovery. I know that we our situation is a little bit different than everybody else's in the in the sense that I think in uh, in Portland. Did you say Tim the unemployment? We're, it's good news today because the unemployment is now below 12% here. It is 11.6%. But last year, at this point, it was only 5.3%. So this... Nationally, it's 9.5%. So it's still... A, it's a relative... Uh, it's a relative win for us this week because we're now below 12% unemployment. Um, but I know that this is... It's not an isolated thing. You said that... There, I have to make fun of this, but apparently there's actually some some legitimate, genuine good news somewhere. Yeah, the conference board, which is a group of uh, economists, esteemed economists here in New York, released yesterday their leading economic leading economic indicators index, and for the third month in a row, they've seen growth. They've seen movement in positive territory, and uh, this time at about seventy percent of those economic indicators. So they say, uh, after three months in a row, uh, a trough has been built, and that means that the recession is bottoming out. And we are entering a turnaround now. A recovery is beginning. So is this a story that uh, we're going to hear again next week? Or next week, is this going to be is this going to be what, like that time when they said the stock market was turning around and then it just uh, it found new ways in which to suck? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, but for today, I should cling to the illusion that this is reality. Well, you know, I, I spoke to one of the economists, Ottoman Ozildurum, and uh, he said that while the uh, turnaround may be underway, we're not going to see a period of uh, tremendous growth now. But by no means this is a uh, strong growth environment. Uh, there are still a number of factors that are uh, holding down uh, the performance of the economy, and one of those is in the employment area. So that unemployment figure you were just talking about, it's probably going to remain high. So in other words... The economy is going to be swell, but it doesn't matter because nobody's going to have a job, so nobody can buy anything that's going to be produced during this uh, economic upswing. Yeah, well, I don't even know if it's going to be an economic upswing in so much as that the, the line has stopped falling and may just sort of run flat for a while. So we're just going to be turning down the suck a little bit. Things aren't going to suck at more than they do now. Right. They are not going to suck more, but they won't suck less either. <laughs> <laughs> You know, if anybody ever questions why CNN became such a such a worldwide brand in news, and I mean this sincerely, it's that you really do have a knack for bottom lining things. Because strangely enough, I now I think I think I understand the story. You know what? Nobody did this year. Nobody did that thing where they talk about the cost of comedy, where they they, they price like rubber chickens or something. You know what I'm talking about? There's that thing they do every year 
where they talk about what is the cost of humor. And there were like these benchmark things that they would compare every year to see what they cost. One of them was rubber chickens. One of them was like a whoopee cushion. And one was, I don't know, like a like a cream pie or something like a, that you'd hit somebody in the face with. Yeah. And they try to figure out exactly how much it cost. And then it, like, what is the cost of laughter as compared to the last year? And I don't think they did that this year. So I would be curious to know if the cost of laughter has, resta- you know, has remained uh, static as we've gone through this uh, this whole economic downturn. Well, I think the cost of laughter is free now because all you have to do is watch other people's pranks online, right? That is true. I, you know, that's a thing that, uh, well, we'll talk about this at some other point, but I, I was actually talking to somebody the other day who was a, a sort of comedian, and we were talking about the how it's not just the record industry that's been devastated by the Internet. It really is uh, it, every guy with a camera and a, uh, and a you know, connection to YouTube has uh, they've taken a bite of those guys' lunch. So, all right, well... Uh, on that note, my friend, we will talk to you very soon. Enjoy the rest of your day. Looking forward to seeing you guys here. Take there care. Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, so we're all uh, three of us going to be in New That's York. It's going to be weird. What if we just, like, pass each other on the street? See, and that happens to me sometimes. Other. That's, look down at the ground. <laughs> Make no eye contact. <laughs> Don't. Um, that has happened to me, actually, in several uh, in several cities where, where the city was so large. That's why you know that, like, you can, you know, in this world, you can never really get away with anything for too long. No. Uh, because I always seem to run into people that I know whenever. Even Every time if, I'm in New York, I bump into somebody that I know who I haven't seen in a long time. Well, even like Seattle, which is not certainly the size of New York, but Seattle's not a, not a tiny little place. Every time I go to Seattle, I run into somebody who I know from another city mm-hmm. who just happens to be walking by me. Let me ask you this about Seattle. I heard this rumor. Well, we don't I'm have time to talk about it. I'm going there soon. Really? But, you know, well, I'm well, have, you guys are in New York. I'm going to have you look into something. I don't have time to talk about it now. I'm going to make a note to myself. Hold on. Will I be on the clock? Yeah. Yes. You retro bill uh, CBS for that. Uh, let's see. All right. What would you like me to look into? I don't know. If to, I, I don't want to bring it up next. If I bring it up now, it's going to start a whole discussion, and Sarah's going to give me the wrap it up uh, hand signal, and then we, it'll, that'll be frustrating for everybody. I, I wrote it down, though. I've got it right here. We're going to talk about it uh, coming up later in the show. All right, uh, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins will join us at 6.05. At 7 o'clock, Don Taylor from Cinematical and Dax Holt from TMZ at 8, ladies and gentlemen. Straight ahead, we have Tim Riley at the news desk. Don't go anywhere. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is the Rick Emerson Show. Stay right there. It's Tuesday morning. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Whose eyeballs am I going to pick out? On Rock 101 KUFO. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-228-4101. You can also text anytime at 520-51. Coming up at 6.05, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. We also have uh, Don Taylor from Cinematical is going to join us today at 7 o'clock. And something going on with your arm? I have a mosquito bite. Or I think it's a mosquito bite. Is this that thing you showed me yesterday? Yes, where it's just like where you think something's a mosquito bite and you look and there are... No, two little tiny fang marks in it. fang marks, yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a spider bite. That means something... Why is it itchy, though? What do you mean, why itchy? is it itchy? Well, it, itchy? I, I it's, think there's it's two... to remind you it's coming back. There's... <laughs> that's hiding in I'm going to leave something here. Uh, just, I'll be back in a little while, okay? Just uh, don't put any clothing on or anything. That's... Well, there's two different kinds. Did you ever do this when you were a kid where you get a bite and your mother would ask you that question? Now, does it itch or does it hurt? Yeah. But, like, what what difference does it make? Does it itch or does it hurt? Like, what are you I supposed to do? I hurt. 
Yeah, but what, okay, but so what? Like, what is she going to do with that information? In other words, like, what does she care whether it hurts or whether it itches? Well, what is she going to do differently? Maybe your mom wants to put some stuff to make it not itch on it. No, she's going to put stuff on it to make it hurt even more. <laughs> exactly. The or they would. Uh, my mom would just have that one that like that big ass bottle of uh, of calamine lotion, which I don't think they sell put on anymore. Cats. I think. <laughs> Does it actually say that? It has a warning on it that says do not put on cats. Why? I don't know. I never put on a cat. So do they still sell not calamine like lotion? Is calamine lotion like sure. 20 mule team uh, totally borax? You might have to buy it online from Canada. Did calamine lotion have Benadryl in it or something? Is that the deal? Is it have... It's, calamine lotion is like what? It's like a, it's like a, a castor oil. That's it's what you put on when you have like chicken pox, right? Yes, but I don't know if they still sell it. In other words... I think they do. Uh, is that a brand name or is that a generic name for a sort of salve that they used to sell? It's one of those things that I don't think I've heard actually referenced since I was a kid. So I wonder if it's been supplanted uh, by things like Benadryl or, uh, I don't know, lidocaine or something. What hurts even more is I don't even know if they have it anymore. Mercuricone? Oh, yeah. stuff? Uh, iodine. Isn't that basically, isn't that iodine? Whatever it is, it makes you feel like you, you've just had a limb amputated. Yeah. Even if you put it on the smallest cut. Oh, man. my mom. Well, see, my mom was a nurse, and so it's like my mom just knew everything that she could do that caused you pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so my mom said, hold on a second. You got a little scrape. Let me get some Mercuricone. And, she, and it was like your hand had been set right. on fire. Well, if you were fortunate enough to have parents who uh, were around in the 1930s, they brought out the most painful things to cure things yeah. ever. Yeah, no, everything... Even though everyone else in society had gotten rid of these remedies, <laughs> they still had them around and insisted on using them to give you as much pain as they suffered like 30 years ago. <laughs> Hold on, let me find a rib spreader. This will help. The, the My mom had the weirdest things in her medicine cabinet. My mom had... Here's something my mom had that you don't really see much anymore. You don't see this again, unless you watch like old boxing films. You know, my mom had... What is it? I don't even know why she would own these. Except, as you said, she grew up in the 30s. My mom had a huge thing of smelling salts. Have you ever actually taken a whiff of smelling salts? No. I've always wanted to, though. Those you, are only for dames who passed out. You, you, And you see why they use it, like in boxing films. A guy will get knocked out. He'll be laying in the mat unconscious. And there's the snap. Yeah, and Burgess Meredith will go, oh, rock, give me the smelling salts. Snap, and he snaps them in half, and he waves them under your nose. Uh, and so when I was a kid, I found some of my mom's uh, smelling salts, like they were just in like a like a bin or something in the in the bathroom. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what these will do. Broke them. You know what they do? It, it, they light the inside of your nose ablaze. That's it's like it's like it's like smelling a really, really, really finely ground, concentrated uh, like pepper mix, like habanero pepper or something like that. Habanero. I'm doing that thing where I add a tilde. But you know what? It, like if you get something that's really, really spicy. Have you ever have you ever done this? Have you ever had like a jar of cayenne pepper or something or some spice? And you're wondering, oh, I wonder if this is good enough to cook with. And you take the lid off, and then like an idiot, what do you do? You hold it up to your nose and go, ah! And it just scorches out the inside of your nose. That's what smelling uh, salts do. I was probably five years old when I did that. Uh, and so that is 30-some years ago, and I can still remember exactly what the sensation was like. That was the worst pain the inside of my nose has ever endured. All right, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley at the uh, news desk. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone, from the CBS News Center. It is 545. It's going to be 95 degrees. It's almost 70 degrees already. Expect 100 degrees by the weekend. The jury is deadlocked in the faith healing trial of Carl and Raylene Worthington, accused of second-degree manslaughter and the death of their 15-month-old daughter. They're members of some screwball church that forbids medical treatment. From Seattle comes word, two cops who were assigned to Homeland Security on a Seattle dock are charged with clobbering seagulls with bats. Uh, The two 
Troopers have been placed on administrative leave right now pending the investigation. I don't see what's to investigate. If convicted, the troopers face fines of $5,000 and up to a year in jail. More clubbings. These from Yakima. The Yakima County Sheriff's Office say a 42-year-old man was beaten to death with a baseball bat and a few of the neighbor in Topanish. Deputies were called out to a report of an assault. The victim taken to Yakima Regional Hospital where he died. They arrested two suspects are looking for a third. The sheriff's office said they had a running feud with the neighbors. Why? Who picks a fight with somebody in Topanish? That's just, just like one boring town picking a fight with another boring town. And you say the guy's dead? Yes. Okay, so that's. I'm glad you told me that, by the way, because I'm going to skip the uh, joke that I was going to make at the top of the story there. Oh, wait, somebody knows about calamine lotion. Uh, hello, hi, is this uh, Tino? Yes, it is. Hello, sir, how are you today? Uh, pretty good. Uh, please to explain about calamine lotion and its availability. Um, calamine lotion, uh, well, see... I was wondering if you guys had kids, and I and I heard I got a big fat no. Yeah, no, we're a, we we are a non we're a non child having show. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the calamine lotion is available at most any uh, place that uh, sells uh, pain relief stuff. Uh, and my my wife's personal favorite is something called Caladrin. Uh, you know, I I think it's like uh, calamine lotion on steroids. Caladrin. Dream, oh, Caladrin. Oh, I, oh, I wonder if that's like, uh, does it have extra stuff in it or something? Does it have some additional ingredient? It must because she just loves it. The and the thing about calamine lotion is there was just no, it, there was nothing I could do to my body that my mom wouldn't fix uh, with that. It's like, uh, you know, Chris Rock always you know, says that everything in his house was, you know, like they would get, they would just get the tussin out for whatever. In my house, it was just calamine lotion and toughening up. Those were the two things that, that my mom used. So is calamine lotion, is that a brand name to the best of your knowledge or is that sort of the generic name for an ingredient? I think it's a generic uh, name, but it, it's also a name brand as well. All right. Um, because cause I, know, I know that it's in a bunch of uh, different products, but it's also sold as a name brand. So. All right. Excellent. Thank you for the clarification, sir. Uh-huh, no problem. And that is uh, Tino, ladies and gentlemen, listening to us in Portland. It Park. doesn't come from the mines of Calamine. No. No, it does not. Hey, let me ask you this. When you had, did you guys have chicken pox? Yes. Yes. In did eighth you, grade. Did oh. you? In eighth grade? That's kind of late to have chicken no, pox. No, it sucked. But this girl, Lilybeth, who tried to beat me up, I gave him to her. Excellent. Good for it you. It was amazing. We're all, you're all spotty, and so you decided to just do it. No, I didn't, I didn't realize it, but she was like all threatening me and stuff, and I'd been out with chicken pox and then came back to school, and then she was being really horrible. And then a week later, she was gone, and I didn't know why. Oh, it was not intentional. So you didn't... No, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't like, like you held like it down like and licking doorknobs rubbed your spotted arm in her face. No, no. She just accidentally got it. <laughs> chicken pox. Suck it! <laughs> um, uh, the... Uh, did you, did your mom? Well, see, that wouldn't have been the case for you because you were in eighth grade. I don't know how old you were, Tim. But I, I was gonna, six or seven, probably. Yeah, see, and I was much younger than that. I got it when I was. It sucked. I was real young. I was like four. Oh, you think it sucks when you're young? Try being like in during puberty in eighth grade and yeah. being covered in spots. I guess that's see, but I mean, it, but it was so much worse. I guess so I was just uh, that whole period of my life. I was just covered in spots. I'm covered in spots now. <laughs> uh, but when I was a kid, my mom uh, would she duct taped uh, socks onto my hands. <laughs> So that I wouldn't be like scratching at myself while I was asleep. So there are these hilarious oh, slash uh, sad photos of me, where it's it's like well kids will duct tape like bags onto a cat's feet or something. It's my my mom just put these tube socks in my hands and then just duct tape them on. So I'm like this sort of John Merrick like I am not an animal, uh, you know. Except I'm like four. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, despite his death at the age of 92, Walter Cronkite's voice will continue to op- open up the CBS Evening News with Katie Couric every night. The network had planned to stop using his voiceover introduction upon his death, but Cronkite's family gave permission for CBS to continue using it. He recorded it back in 2006. Meanwhile, Carly Simon is among those mourning the death of Walter Cronkite. She notes in a video message that her sister Joanna 
was the Bradcastle legend's girlfriend and was considered a member of the family. My sister Joey and Walter Cronkite were very much in love and spent pretty much the last four years of his life together. Joey took care of him night and day when he was sick, and Walter loved her, and she loved him, and she will always love him, as we all will. So apparently they became friends after his wife died in 2005. He never said anything that wasn't absolutely real. He was an impeccable human being. Why does Carly Simon creep me out? There's no reason why those things should unnerve me, but they sort because of do. Because she sings that song, Nobody Does It Better. Uh, and that's a creepy song. That's it, right. It's too long. She does sing. <laughs> like, you go right to the length of the song. Like four minutes or something? Uh, that's a, uh, You know, I forgot all about that. I forgot she sang that song. That is from, uh, God, what, what Bond film is that from? Nobody Does It Better. No, I, I, don't, I don't remember. Maybe you're the best. I'm trying to. I'm doing those. I was trying to picture the Bond credits, but they're all the same. The Bond credits, especially for that period, are all just a bunch of weird gyrating like sex bots. See, and I never appreciated that song. I just know it from commercials. Oh, I remember it because I was working a format that played that song like every day. And next door we had the day old snack shop, and I used to have time to go over and get a day old snack. It was called at the a decent day old price. Snack shop? <laughs> Yes, it was a facets uh, day after bakery. I like the idea that nobody does it better in, in your mind triggers memories of day-old crullers or something. I had time to go over and uh, browse the selection and come back with a snack. By the way, we've and got still playing. two text messages here. One says, uh, the main ingredient, and this explains why they smell so vile, the main ingredient in smelling salts, ammonia. So it's just solidified ammonia uh, that I was inhaling there. Also, somebody says uh, on the subject of medication, what about campophanique? That's another thing. I don't even know what that is. I haven't seen that in the longest time. I don't know, I don't know what it's for either. Campophanique is, is, also falls into that category. What is Weird. That? I've never even heard of that. Isn't it like a? Um, is it like a like an insect repellent thing? I thought it was an anti-scratching thing. What is an anti-scratching thing? Like if something bites you and you're itchy and you spray it on. Oh, it, and it's it like a it's like a topical anesthetic. I guess so. Maybe. I don't remember ever using it. Campophonique is one of those things that I would hear referenced, but I'm not really sure what it's for. It's from The Spy Who Loves Me, by the way. Nobody I'm does it better. Remember, the only spray that I ever used was off, and I still don't know if they have it anymore. Deepwoods off? I think they do, but I don't know that it works. I think I think they did with Deepwoods off what they did with, like, uh, cold remedies, where they took everything that works out of it. Cause didn't I mean, Deepwoods kids are spraying each other in the eyes with it, and it <laughs> ruining a camping trip and a family vacation. What, with the <laughs> blindness and all? <laughs> Deadly chemicals, why not spray it in each other's eyes? Have some DDT. Nothing ruins a camping trip like blindness. Good enough for the Viet Cong, good enough for your children. Open your mouth so I can spray some more. <laughs> And I remember Yet they, kids manage to live regardless of what they do to each other. Is the is the DDT the stuff that was giving your kids like three heads, or is that DDT? that was killing birds? What DDT was killing birds? Oh yeah, but but I mean, but it was but it was like a cancerous thing, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, that was, and it was also like in napalm or something. It was some ingredient. It was like some Dow chemical creation. So someone just texted that that song was in the movie The Spy Who Loved Me. Yeah, it's from The Spy Who Loved Me. And I was That's confusing right. it with You Only Live Twice, which has the song of the same name. You've got to quit poking that thing or it's going to get it's infected. It's so itchy. I'm sorry, we're talking about like itching stuff and then it's just. See, now you're making me itch and I'm not even bitten by anything. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. Uh, coming up at the top of the hour, we have uh, Cena Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins joining us from the Hill. Don Taylor from Cinematical coming up at 7. Dax Holt uh, from TMZ. And sometime today, ladies and gentlemen, a pair of tickets to see Motley Crue as part of Crew Fest 2 next Tuesday. Stay there. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is Tuesday morning. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO! Portland! That was very loud. 
Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson. You've got to quit scratching that thing. <laughs> Stop saying that. You're going to give yourself cancer. How am I going to give myself cancer? Did your mom ever tell you that, bite? too? Is it like if you have like some sort no. of like a, you have like a pockmark or something? Your mom, don't jab at that. You give yourself cancer. It's an awful thing to say. No. Well, it stopped me from scratching. Isn't that, was my mom lying to me all these years? And they would say I don't that think if you have like mosquito a. Mosquito bites gives you cancer. I always heard that if you had some sort of a, uh, you know, like an itching you always thing. Heard from who? Your mom that told you not to scratch? Yes. It was like if you had like a, you know, like if you have like a bite or a zit or something and you like poke at it, you give yourself cancer of the skin. You're kind of broken. Passing along medical knowledge left and right. Just go to your dermatologist once a year for an exam. That's right. That's See, what I and then they'll, you know, and the weird thing is, you know how they get, you know, they get rid of that. Is they themselves uh, poke and scrape at it. I guess really when you lean oh on this. Oh my God! Stop saying poke and scrape. It is way too early in the morning to be talking <laughs> That's about. That's gonna be the name of our next morning You're really show. Really grossing me out. Poke, <laughs> and scrape. poke and scrape in the morning. <laughs> Uh, okay. All right. Well, at any event. Now, I'm just picturing Bruno on all fours at that uh, bleaching place. Well, at any event. Uh, let me just uh, take a moment, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to talk about a couple of things. First of all, coming up uh, before the end of today, before the end of today, we're going to be giving away a pair of tickets to see Crew Fest 2. Uh, you'll also win, uh, along with that, a copy of Dr. Feelgood, reissued, remastered on uh, CD. They're going to be performing Dr. Feelgood in its entirety for the first time ever. Crew Fest 2 happens next Tuesday. Uh, that is next Tuesday. At Clark County Amphitheater, you can find out more at KUFO.com. However, this Thursday, if you want to just uh, avoid the uh, muss and the fuss, and you also want to pick yourself up some tickets uh, on the cheap, as they say, this Thursday, starting at noon, our friends at uh, Dick Hanna Dodge are going to offer general admission uh, lawn Crew Fest 2 tickets for only $10. That is only $10. Uh, you can get yourself a general admission ticket right there in the lawn, Crew Fest 2, for only $10. That is going to be this Thursday. Starting at noon uh, at Dick Hanna Dodge, you'll be able to get yourself a pair of Crew Fest 2 tickets for just uh, 20 bucks. That is a ticket. $10, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for a ticket to Crew Fest 2. Starting this Thursday at noon at Dick Hanna Dodge, so you don't want to miss out on that. That show happens one week from today. CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins will join us here in just a uh, few moments. Uh, coming up at 7 o'clock, uh, Don Taylor from Cinematical and uh, Dax Holt from TMZ at 8. Tim Riley, what headlines are we following on this uh, Tuesday morning? And the clack goes out on one of the hottest days of the year. The more the mayor's former spokesman sues the city over the breed love scandal. It's one small flesh for man. The broken toilet aboard the space station is finally fixed. And Joe Jackson insists foul play was the cause of Michael's death. He was on Larry King last night. Now, I didn't see this, but I read about it. Is this where he was uh, He was also claiming to the amusement of everybody and no one that he didn't beat Michael? Right. Even though everybody in the family, because that's not just a thing Michael said. That was a thing that everybody in the family has said. And he, he brought up a point. And the only one I thought that was valid was... Well, if he had been out playing with all the children in the neighborhood, as he claimed was rough from his childhood, he'd be dead by now because all those kids are now dead. Well, that's what he said <laughs> in Gary, Indiana, which may very well be true. Now that that might actually that and might thought, at least he finally made a true statement. That might actually cut a little bit of ice. The idea that Gary, Indiana, is was perhaps uh, not the swellest of places uh, to be uh, to be growing up as a young person. So I can I can grant him that. But boy, that guy. First of all, he just seems like he's about four hundred years old. And when he opens his mouth, it's just sort He's of... He's got Lou Dobbs teeth now. He got them overnight. Speaking of Lou Dobbs teeth, you were playing that nutcase sound from earlier on where there was a, a, that town hall meeting somewhere where they yeah. were screeching about Barack Obama's birth certificate. Mm -hmm. First, Do we know where that was? 
I don't remember. I mean, I'll I was I was assume these things take place in small town California where they're angry that the, their it, way it of was, life. It was some Republican, possibly in the Midwest. It didn't say for sure. Possibly in the Midwest. The where she was screeching about how we, we want to take America back, mm-hmm. presumably from people who don't look like her. Yeah. Did you know Lou Dobbs made some statement not unlike that just the other day that were Lou Lou Dobbs was on the show us the birth certificate uh, the bandwagon. Which is difficult to you know to listen to because all I keep thinking of is just Richard Keel attacking James Bond every time Lou Dobbs opens his mouth like his big clanky robot head. All right, let's. Well, on that awkward note, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from CNN, uh, Capitol Hill, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. Hello, how are you today? Hey, good morning, guys. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to lump you in with uh, Lou Dobbs just because you're both under the CNN banner. I'm just saying he's got teeth like Johnny Resnick from the Goo Goo Dolls. It's like they're so unbelievably large. You wonder how he can eat breakfast without lopping off his own larynx. They are. They are incredibly large. Yes. They're. Uh, they're I've never seen them in real life. Thank God. They're. They're. They're, they're prominent uh, teeth. That's what we'll. Uh, that's what we'll call them. Um, let me ask you this uh, about healthcare. Is yeah. this you're not going to get it? That see, that's my thing right there. It's not going to happen ever. You know what I was just reading the other day? I was reading this book called uh, it's called the uh, the Agenda uh, by Bob Woodward, and the Agenda is a story. It's that covers the first four years essentially of the Clinton presidency, and you know they swept into office and they were just full of hopes and dreams and you know, bright eyed and, and you know with optimism Sparkle, and oh yeah yeah and then you know you fast forward just a couple years later and that had just been savagely beaten out of them by the realities of Washington life. And so I wonder if we're going to be sort of looking back at, let's say, oh, I don't know, healthcare in two years and saying the same sorts of things that this is just, you know, well, that was a nice idea. One that was destined for failure, but a nice idea nonetheless, because these things don't ever seem to be shot down in one fell swoop. They're just sort of picked apart in committee until there's nothing left of the idea. And I wonder if how likely it is that that's going to happen with this. You know, I think the problem is even worse than that. We might not know for many years because the way things are right now, I, I, I really believe Congress is going to pass something. But you're right. The problem is the chipping away. Is, are the central ideas going to get chipped out? Are they going to stay in? And, and even right now, honestly, looking at these bills, I was up last night um, comparing them again because I'm a big nerd. And, uh, and, and honestly, they're, they're, they really still don't have a lot in them that cut the, cuts the cost of health care. They have a lot that expands health care and brings health care to more people. But... But they still have a long way to go to cutting the costs. And, you know, so I'm not sure these are exactly the bills that the president described at this point. I feel like they still have a lot more work to do, and I think you're right. This is a moment where the Obama administration um, knows that they could kind of they, – they, lo- they could lose a piece of their soul a little bit right now. And you can tell because he's out there every day talking about health care now. He's coming back out again today. Health care sort of seems to be this – what does the guy uh, say in the, the Princess Bride? The first is never get into a land war in Asia. But yeah. the, the second seems to be don't talk about the government paying for health care because that, that is just a swamp into which many, many, many political careers and administrations have vanished. So you've got to think that... It's a nightmare, yeah. And so that that does indicate that it is not just political maneuvering. It, it does indicate that it, it it's a thing that the Obama administration actually cares about. Because uh, otherwise, why would you you know why would you risk just sort of getting uh, just sucked into that? Yeah, no. They, this is this really is, I think, his top priority right now. Maybe, maybe along with peace in the Middle East, this would be a, a massive, massive accomplishment. But they're getting into an area where it's almost like a wedding between warring families. You know, if you if you do one thing that pleases one group, then somebody else 
is going to be mad. So he's he's got the doctors are pretty happy right now with what they're doing. He's he's got a whole bunch of uh, kind of the drug companies and a lot of the medical people are sort of okay with a lot of it. But now the businesses are really concerned because they think they're going to take it on the chin, including small businesses right now in the house plan. A business with more than 10 people um, would have to pay for employee health care for everybody, or they'd have to pay, you know, thousands in penalties, and that's that's tough for those tiny businesses. So businesses are pretty, uh, they're screaming pretty loud right now, but, you know, you, you can't please everybody. It's going to, it's tough. Hey, I just have to ask really quickly, uh, somebody asked me this the other day about you, and I could not remember. Is it that you have a cat named after uh, Drago from Rocky Four, or actually named after Dolph Lundgren? No, we have our two cats are Rocky and Ivan. Rocky, so yeah, okay. Drago, good memory. All right, because sure. we were well, we yeah, we were talking about Dolph Lundgren because we were uh, interviewing Ultimate Fighter Randy Couture, who is in this upcoming Sylvester Stallone film that is sort of this. It's a throwback. It's called The Expendables. It's a throwback to the action movies oh. of the '80s, and it's got among other people Dolph Lundgren. And hey. that so we had yeah this whole discussion about Rocky Four and about how Rocky Four is in many ways the definitive Rocky film because it has the best ever training montage. Yes, and that then led to somebody emailing us and asking about your cat. Okay, cats are Rocky and Ivan. Awesome. Fantastic. Excellent. All right. On that note, Lisa Desjardins, have a fantastic day. Hey, you guys, too. There you go. Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen. When we come back, uh, I'm going to ask you this question about Seattle, Tim, because you're going to be up there. So there's something I want you to investigate for me. All right. uh, there's a little bit of a shoe leather that will need to be used for this. As long as it doesn't take too much of my time. No, 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 no. It's something, it's, it, and it involves something. It's a, I'll tell you this. I need you to investigate a Northwest tradition for me. I'll tell you what it is when we return. Stay there. We're live from Portland. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Broadcasting in color. Yeah, that's right. Who's rigged now, Mr. Riggy Man? The Rick Anderson Show returns. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson radio program. Thank you for joining us today. It's 503-228-4101. You can also uh, text if you like. It is uh, 520 Okay, so I'm now within striking distance of being caught up on True Blood uh, with the rest of you sons of bitches. So I will have... Oh, I, it is amazing. I, I watched yesterday, or uh, the new episode from Sunday yesterday. You watched Sunday's episode yesterday. It... It's just even is it ridiculous? More, it is more ridiculous than any of the other episodes combined. Is it that one episode where there's all that hot sex and then a guy gets covered in blood? There's totally there's basically like sookie raping Bill in this episode. Okay, who? It's uh, you don't want to know. We were just talking about this during the break, and it's the only thing I'll say about it right now. I do think I think that True Blood may have been designed in a laboratory somewhere because <laughs> it is kind of the perfect TV show. It because, does. You you were totally right when you're saying it has something for everybody because it's got boobs aplenty. If you're and if you're some uh, uh, you know if you're if you're one of those like uh, I don't I, I want to say a crazy cat woman, but if you know we all know that we all know that girl who's uh, you know she's maybe a woman of larger carriage reads herself a lot of Anne Rice or maybe those books where Anne Rice wrote under a pseudonym and just talked about Sleeping Beauty getting it on with some guy. You know, have you read those? Mm. There's like this whole series of. Anyway, Anne Rice wrote all those stat books, and then Anne Rice wrote all these like weird sex books under a different name before she became all Jesusy. Uh-huh. She wrote all these uh, these uh, sort of thinly veiled porn books under a different name, 
And if you ever meet like a fat chick who's into vampires, they all love. Uh, that's what I wanted to say earlier, and I was I can't believe I was actually editing that out of my own my own <laughs> a dialogue. Fat chick who's into vampires. You, but the, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you everybody knows a fat chick who's into vampires. Everybody. Fat I'm just, I, I, I don't even that know why. Awful, but yes, I do know a fat chick who's into vampires. It's, you know what it is? It's like you. I won't specify who this is, but you. We were talking about somebody. Uh, I don't know, maybe a week ago, and I was kind of beating around the bush a little bit. I was sort of dancing around it, trying to figure out how to describe this girl and you said is she one of those girls who basically has a bunch of beanie babies clipped onto her and and i said exactly that's exactly the kind of woman she she is she has beanie babies tied on to like to like the cuff of her jacket or something and that summed it all up and it's the fat chick that's into vampires that is it that is an entire type of person there is a whole slice of humanity represented mm-hmm. by that statement Anyway, but they're all into these books that Anne Rice wrote under a different name. They're all, it's like this weird, like, uh, you know, like erotica where it's all about sleeping beauty, but she's like a slut. And it's, it's all very weird. So if you're into she's that. like sucky. Yeah, so you've got you've got that okay. with True Blood. There's also lots of violence. There's all people getting stabbed with things constantly. There's, there's violence. There's gore. Okay. Yeah, fountains of blood occasionally. Porn. Um, you know, and also it's a soap opera, but also takes place in the South. But also it's got like your and sci-fi. Also it's co- it has a comedy element to it too. It's, it's campy, but then it's got your geeky sort of fantasy sci-fi element to it. So it's also edgy because like with Lafayette and. You know, that whole premise. It is the it is kind of the show for everybody. It is the show that the entire family can agree on. Man, I was at a barbecue yesterday and I was talking to this huge tattooed dude and he was and I was asking him about True Blood had come up or something. I'm like, Have you ever seen True Blood? He's like, I love that show. And we started talking about it. We talked about it for a half an hour about like all of our theories about it, and especially with this last episode, which you have to watch. I think you'll find that guys it takes a little bit more work to get them to admit to being into it, but but I mean I think once you open those floodgates. No, uh, once they do, he was gushing like a schoolgirl. Like yeah. both of us were just like spazzing out and like having our theories on like who we thought like what people were. So I gotta watch the one from eight days ago, and then I gotta watch the one from this past Sunday. Then I will be absolutely caught up and you can uh, There's a we good can discuss the spoilers lol. Yes. So. There's a good cliffhanger, I have to say, on this one on Sunday. All right. So I'm, I'm looking for so within the next day or so, I should be completely up okay. to speed. All right. Let's pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the CBS News Center. It is 626. It's going to be 95 degrees today. It's already 66. 100 degrees by the weekend. This is the first time I heard about people shooting each other at Fred Meyer. Happened last night at Southeast Monster Road at 82nd. Around 10.40, usually I go shopping late because I try to avoid crowds, but, well, maybe I'll rethink this. Uh, this happened at the Fred Meyer, and apparently the security guard tried to stop two shoplifters, and one of their guns went off. Then they chased one on foot, but he got away. The second took off in a car. They were shoplifting with guns. Yes. That doesn't seem like shoplifting so much as it seems like actual theft. Yes. So I guess the guns didn't come out until the security guys tried to oh, stop Oh, I see. Them. So that he was trying to restrict. Don't ever, look, it's just a little advice from me to you, no matter where you were, no matter who you are, let them steal whatever they want. Yeah, you're not paid enough to stop them. It ain't, and that has I learned nothing, that a long time ago. That's the thing. Wherever it is you work, it, it ain't worth it, friend. Uh, just let them uh, Just let them walk. Guess who's coming to Eugene? John Cleese, former member of Monty Python's Flying Circus. He's uh, having a comedy tour, and apparently it's not coming all the way up here. It's called A Final Wave at the World. No, no, no. It actually is coming to town. Uh, it is coming to Portland, and we, uh, and by we, I mean Greg, who really uh, does the lion's share of the actual guest wrangling at this point. Mm-hmm. Greg is attempting uh, to uh, to wrestle uh, John Cleese into a an appearance on the show, which may or may not happen. Let's, He's hilarious. No, I'll get, a, not, I'll get our hopes up. But I, uh, He's going to be in Eugene on the 24th. It's called A Final Wave at the World, but the subtitle is great if you look at the actual formal or, or press. Or the alimony tour. The, the, al- the alimony tour. Because he just got dis- he divorced and his wife is taking him for like $100 million. 
$10. So, oh, that's horrible. But, Matt, you want to talk about a guy. Being in Monty Python is sort of like being one of the Beatles because you can just kick the corpse of that forever. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just until the end of – let me just make a little uh, – so it's fair play on both sides of the gender line here. I was talking about fat chicks that read Anne Rice, fat dudes that watch Monty Python movies relentlessly. Until the end of humanity, Eric Idle, John Cleese, any of those guys uh, will be able to go out on tour. And it, you know, all they have to do is just stand and say, it's going, hello, I used to be in Monty Python. And then there's going to be just a thousand bespectacled uh, fat guys in the front row who will stand up and go, knee! And then, you know, and then and then they just throw money at him. And then, you know. Those fat guys are the same ones that are obsessed with Tenacious D. Exactly. And you know what? And and look, I can say that. And they might that. be giants. <laughs> And I will be paying to see it anyway, so it's like it doesn't matter. I can say that because I'm going to be right there you along are with them. them. Well, fantastic that part. Well, it, it's as Jay. Uh, I guess it wasn't Jay and Salababa. As uh, as Holden and Banky say in Chasing Amy, um, they were talking about the uh, their particular comic book demo, and they they talk about you know underweight or overweight guys who don't get laid. That's pretty much our demo. Uh, at least for a certain section of their lives, that is the demo for the you know for Monty Python. Uh, just like it's the de- just like it's the it's the demo for Weird Al Yankovic and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy books on. Tape read by Stephen Moore. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. Uh, Chris Brown, it's time for you to apologize for beating and battering Rihanna. Start now. I wish I had the chance to live those few moments again, but unfortunately I can't. I cannot go into what happened, and most importantly, I'm not going to sit here and make any excuses. I take great pride in me being able to exercise self-control, and what I did was inexcusable. I am very sad and very ashamed of what I've done. I have told Rihanna countless times, and I'm telling you today <laughs> that I'm truly, truly sorry, and that I wasn't able to handle the situation both differently and better. I used to be addicted to crack. <laughs> <That's> exactly <laughs> I've done a lot of soul searching, and over the past several months, I've talked with my minister and my mother. My minister. And I my minister. Oh, trying to understand what happened and why. I've let a lot of people down. And I realize that, and no one is more disappointed in me than I am. I would say uh, Rihanna probably is more disappointed in you than you are. What I did was unacceptable, 100%. I can only ask and pray that you forgive me, please. I hope that others learn from my mistake. I intend to live my life so that I'm truly worthy of the term role model. Anybody? Does anybody want to take that or should I just let that one slide on by? A role model, would that be Debbie Rowe? Well, that was the segue into the next story. (laughs) Let's put a pin in that for just a moment. Uh, Greg is putting on the screen that really, what is it? Taking great pride in not beating women is not setting the bar very high, really. If that's well, he's I doing the best he once. can not to do it. I mean, really, if that is the benchmark for success in your life, well, I'm going to go through the whole day without pounding on somebody's face, and that'll be uh, that'll be one of the win column for me. Well, he'll get a Disney show for that. Here's oh, hey, speaking of crazy people, do you have that David Arquette story? I do somewhere in my staff. So you, uh, we don't have to do it right now, but I've got the sound for that. Uh, this is speaking of people. Oh, who, I can't wait! To, I've kind of heard you tease this. Get on camera and say retarded things. Here's Tim <laughs> Riley. So last night, uh, Michael Jackson's dad and some shifty lawyer on Larry King, uh, his former financial advisor, his name is Lor- Leonard Rowe, not to be confused with Debbie Rowe, is accusing concert promoter AEG Live of controlling the pop star's life in the months leading up to his death. Appearing with Jackson's father on Larry King, Rowe said. There's a lot of suspicious activity around Jackson just before he uh, passed away. Michael Jackson's life at the end was being controlled and manipulated. Michael Jackson was not allowed to make his own decisions. He was not allowed to hire who he wanted to hire to work for him. Michael Jackson was being told what to do. It was the promoters of AEG. They were the ones that was controlling Michael's life. Wait, who was this that was just speaking? Uh, his financial advisor, or so he claims. 
Joe Jackson, who claims this guy is Michael's financial. Is this like the guy who claimed? Whatever happened to that guy the first day the story was out that the guy was claiming he was the Jackson family lawyer, Oxnard or whatever his name was? Whatever happened to him, he just vanished. We quit hearing from that guy altogether. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, perhaps he shouldn't have said that. Uh, Debbie Rose, a longtime friend, Iris Thinsilver. Says there's no. Doubt. Is that just like a next door neighbor? <laughs> yeah, I'm Iris Thin Silver. I'd like to talk about Debbie Rowe. She says there's no doubt that Michael Jackson is the biological father of his three children. 100% Michael is the father of those two children. I know ladies. that they had sex together. I have no oh. doubt that uh, she would oh. tell me her these little Not things wanted. about their private life. Okay, this is all. I, I don't want to. I don't even no, hear no. There, there were just too many lies in a row for that. You know what? She's thing, not coming back. Something I never <laughs> got tired of, uh, or I never got used to seeing, though, was that thing of him making out with Lisa Marie Presley. You never got tired of watching that? No, I was going to say, I, I mean, I, one thing I got tired of immediately and I never got used to watching. That was, oh, okay. that was just gross. Well, it was, was just awkward. You could tell that they weren't into it. It was just, it was like, what? you know what it was? It was like watching siblings kiss. You know, you're watching and you're going, oh, no, I. Oh, oh. Wait, how many times are you watching siblings kiss? Well, you know what? It's like I'm quoting, I, I'm kind of saying. doing a backhanded all the time, Sarah. <laughs> I uh, siblings kiss. I'm I'm kind of doing a backward uh, a backward reference to uh, the Back to the Future. There, isn't it? She say doesn't what's her name kiss kissing Michael J. Brother, Fox? She says like, it was like kissing my brother or something. Um, no, but, that's funny. When when you said yeah, siblings kissing, that was the first thing that popped into my mind. Too. But it, when I would see and they showed it, uh, I don't know, probably five or six times during the segment when Lisa Marie Presley was on with Larry King the day after Jackson died. So you were married, and then uh, there was a lot of speculation about whether it was a sham marriage. Your thoughts, Lisa Marie Presley. And then every time she would answer it, every time over the next couple of days, anybody would ask her any question, they would accompany it on the screen. And I can't even remember what they were wearing. He's got that weird thing with the fedora and I the know, black the outfit and the, and the red band. And and they'd say, well, everybody's been waiting for this moment or whatever. And then just, and then they just just get their suck on. And it was just so bad. It was so unbelievable. And you're just like, you're, and you don't want to think about what's going on behind those lips. You don't want to think about, like, is their tongue being used right I know, now? That's what I was thinking. Oh. Like, are they method acting? Their way through this, uh, you know, are they just, are these two people who really don't know how to kiss, but they've seen other people do it on television, uh, so they're trying to, rec- you know, like, recreate that for all of us right now? I'm gonna, I wonder if, at the time, she was wearing some kind of lip protectors, that's like the, totes for that, lips. That's the, <laughs> like Agent 99 yes. used to uh, use on Get Smart, some sort of a cellophane covering for because her lips. Because I'm sure she didn't do that willingly, regardless of how much she was paid. Oh, no, that's a thing. Priscilla uh, sat her down somewhere. Priscilla got her in a room and shone a bright light in her eyes, Jack Bauer style, and said, "You will get on television. You will have you will have a big makeout session with Michael Jackson. It will be shown everywhere. You will do these things now." Yeah, and it, then she's in therapy for the rest of her God, life. There's no, well, do you ever wonder that about? Uh, do you ever wonder that about it in movies when they have to? Because I know there's stage kissing, which is a thing you do. So you know, where like you have. Um, there's stage kissing, which is where. How do I put this? Like if, if you're the audience member and you are watching two people purportedly kiss. And their faces are sort of lined up so that they can just put one face in front of the other and your depth perception is such that it looks like they're kissing, but they're not really touching. Mm -hmm. But occasionally you watch a movie and you're like, okay, well, they're really kissing. Mm -hmm. Do you ever wonder if there's some sort of a... Like if if there's some sort of a like a uh, I don't know what is the if there's some sort of a, a discussion you have to have a like uh, look if we're gonna make out you're not gonna give me typhus or something right I mean can we just uh, can we have an honest discussion about that I mean we're stagehand standing by with a big gallon of uh, you know some mouthwash well that's what, what you want that's that's what I think that's it's true like, they, they probably have to be checked but I mean but. 
How do you do that? It's not like you're like a horse or something. They, when they, they lift up. Pardon me. What do you? What, do you have any open source? Woody Harrelson, get over here. And a guy like looks on the inside of his gum line or something. I well, think about that all like the lip time. Checkers. I mean, they I must have them. When I watch a when I watch a movie and there's a, like a couple you know actors on screen who are kissing or making out or something. I think about that all the time. I wonder like, like do you think either of them doubles? has any idea who they're really kissing here? If they have any sort of any sort of because there was always that rumor when they made Poetic Justice that Janet Jackson made Tupac Shakur get his saliva tested before she would make out with him on camera. And I don't know that it may just be a rumor, but that was always the story that kind of got floated around. Yeah, I think about that stuff constantly. All right. Should take a break. Wow, we're way over time. We come back. Uh, we've got more. We've got uh, Don Taylor joining us from Cinematical at 7 o'clock. Dax Holt from TMZ. Later on today, we will have a pair of Crew Fest 2 tickets plus a Geek Watch. You stay there. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Don't go anywhere. It's Tuesday morning. This is The Rick Emerson Show. On Rock 101 KUFO. Broadcasting in color. Huh? Yeah, that's right. Who's rigged now, Mr. Ricky Man? The Rick Emerson Show returns. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for uh, joining us. 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Coming up on the 7 o'clock hour, Don Taylor from Cinematical will uh, join us. We'll also talk to Dax Holt from TMZ. That's coming up at uh, 8 o'clock. We have uh, Beastie Boys news on the way. Also, Geek Watch. I've got this uh, this nutcase David Arquette sound. We can go to... Oh, did I play the um, did I play the thing of this anchor guy from uh, from Florida? That wasn't a cue for the Florida Center, by the way. It was just uh, I was asking if what I had already. What was it about? It was about the story itself. Not funny. Let's be let's be clear about that right now. There's nothing funny about the actual story. It's just the way he chooses to report on it. I'll play that in a second. Uh, sometime before the top of the hour, you're going to hear a Motley Crue song. When you do, you be caller ten. Not now. Uh, you be caller ten when you hear a Motley Crue song. Sometime between now and uh, seven o'clock, when you do it, uh, you're going to win a pair of tickets to see Crew Fest Two, which happens next Tuesday, at Clark County Amphitheater. You can find out more. Uh, about that at KUFO.com. You win yourself a pair of tickets to Crew Fest 2 and the reissued, remastered, re-released Dr. Feelgood CD. They're going to be performing that album in its entirety. You can find that more at KUFO.com. But sometime between now and the top of the hour, uh, when you hear that, you'll be uh, caller 10. All right, so I've got this real quickly. This is a uh, story from WTPL, I think it is. Uh, it, but this involves... Something that is uh, something something that is inappropriate and and wrong. Now these are just allegations as well. But if you were going to cover a story about a guy, perhaps putting his hands on a uh, on a small boy in an inappropriate fashion, there's probably the right way to cover that, and there's the wrong way to cover that. Let's listen now to the wrong way to cover that. See if you can spot the phrase that maybe go horribly awry. See if you can spot the phrase where maybe he's a little bit too flippant about this story. Well, let me I'm sorry. Let me. Uh, let me turn on my sound. All right, this is... Um... And more breaking news right now in Orange County. Another man's just been arrested on charges of molesting a child at Disney's Typhoon Lagoon. This is the fifth sex crime at a local park in just a month. Channel 9's Jeff Deal is live right now at the Orange County Sheriff's Office. Jeff, what do you know? Well, Marty, David Thomas just walked out of the sheriff's office here within the last 20 minutes or so. He is on his way heading to jail. He didn't say anything to us when he walked out of here, but according to sheriff's investigators, based on what they're telling us, apparently he let his hands do the talking while he was inside that wave pool over at Typhoon Lagoon. Again, the suspect is 29-year-old David Thomas. He seemed very stoic tonight. Investigators say he was in. 
Let's listen wow. to that. Uh, listen wow. to that one more time, shall we? According to sheriff's investigators, based on what they're telling us, apparently he let his hands do the talking while he was inside that wave pool over at Ew. Typhoon Lagoon. Ugh. You would think that. I mean, you would maybe just Hello, tact. <laughs> air, just err on the side of uh, err on the side of circumspect when you're reporting on such things. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, the news from Florida. At the news desk, Tim Riley. Hello. Hello. Here we are again. I guess it's time for the news. I'm sorry. Sarah and I were trying to mentally communicate whether we were going to use the I sounder we or not. Like, I wish we were like Hold on. Let's stop that again. Just turn off the uh, sounder there. We'll try. And there you go. That's the news from Florida. News from the news desk here in Portland, Oregon. Yeah, it's Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the CBS News Center. It is 650. It's going to be 95 degrees today, already 66, 100 degrees by the weekend. Oh, wouldn't you know it? The power in Clackamas County goes out on the hottest day of the year so far. A high voltage line falls to the ground at 315 yesterday afternoon, leaving over 1,700 homes powerless and sweltering 90-plus degree temperatures. Emergency services went on emergency generators. That's too bad about the power going up because now now it won't be an enjoyable day in Clackamas. It's going to ruin what would otherwise be a pristine experience. Magical day. The, <laughs> the glory of living in that fair city. Yes. Incidentally, I should say this, and I know that I'm tempting fate by, by uttering these words out loud, but you know, we don't really ever get power fairies in my neighborhood which is weird. I mean, I know that I'm, you know, I'm supposed to knock wood and all that, but I, it just, there's something strange about that because you would think that things in Southeast might fall into a state of disrepair every now and again, because no one likes to go there for any reason, not to live, not to work, not to fix. So you would think that we would be plagued during the summer months by, you know, the blackout or just the power failing or whatever. Never happened. You know what else? We never lost power. We never lost power during the snowpocalypse uh, thing. And I kept waiting for it to happen. And there was like that four day period where my wife was stuck at work. Uh, she couldn't get home, and so she was gone. She was at work for uh, three and a half, four days. I really couldn't get out of the house for like three days. And, you know, but, it, but it almost didn't matter because I was there, and I had the uninterrupted power supply, and uh, I had the, it was basically just me and a stack of uh, the frozen things from the plaid pantry and my Xbox, and that's it. And not, the power never got knocked out, and it went out uh, everywhere else. So mine, mine never goes out, but it goes out sporadically. Like, like, but that's all usually because my house is old and the breakers go out. Right. But never, yeah, never like my entire uh, building has ever gone out. Now, see, and I've learned the lesson uh, about that is that I have two separate air conditioners in my house, and I know that I cannot run them both at once. That's the thing. I don't overtax uh, the power at my place because I know that it's easy to knock the uh, the power and then you have to do that thing of going downstairs wherever your breaker box is and you're flipping all of the switches because you can never remember which one because they're never labeled correctly and you can't ever remember what switch controls what part of the house all right here's uh, Tim Riley it was another hot summer night of gang shootings last night. Bullets flying in the 8700 block of North Columbia around 915. One guy shot in the foot a woman is glazed with a bullet not like a donut. Both will live. Nobody's been arrested so far. <laughs> Yes. I don't think that's the right word. It was glazed by a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> she was dipped in chocolate. <laughs> the mayor's former spokesman who resigned during the mayor's tsunami of lies is suing the city. Wayne Numara alleges wrongful discharge, defamation, invasion of privacy by false light. Please don't. Unpaid wages. Please don't in talk all about fairness, Sam Adams. He did quit. Sam Adams and discharge, please. Please that's don't what do that. It says here. Uh, on a serious note, let's talk about the Beastie Boys. This fellow's name is Adam Yauch. He's fighting to get himself cancer-free in a video statement posted on the band's website. Yauch announced that a recent doctor's appointment revealed cancer in his gland and lymph node. This is something that, that's very treatable, and in most cases, 
it's um, they're able to completely get rid of it and people don't have continuing problems with it and uh, and they've caught it early and it's not anywhere else in my body and so so that's the good news. So this is Adam Yak, who's better known as MCA uh, from the Beastie Boys. He's if you're a casual Beastie Boys fan, he's the one with the raspy, gravelly voice. Um, and so, uh, you know, the good news is it sounds like they, as he said that they they, they caught it early and that they're going to be um, you know treating him for it. And he seems to you know have a positive outlook about the whole thing. Which and I don't know how much of that is you know they always say the positive outlook is really the key to winning the battle against cancer, which I think is probably not true. Uh, I think uh, probably what do you call it? Uh, Science is the key to winning the battle against cancer or, you know, whatever, unless you're some nutcase that just wants to have your family come and like put their hands on your forehead, in which case a jury will deadlock anyway and uh, not be able to convict you of anything, even though you rightfully deserve to be convicted. Moving forward, what sucks about that, though, is that he has cancer, the salivary gland and the lymph node and Ebert has that cancer of the salivary gland, and that's why he has to talk through a machine now because they had to take because he lost his tongue and his jaw, oh. and so Ebert's doing that thing of talking through the Stephen Hawking box, like a solar box. Yeah, so that so that sucks, uh, and also cancer of the uh, the lymph gland is what killed Joey Ramone. So, oh. but I know that in both of those cases they didn't spot it until it had started to spread, and that doesn't sound like it's the case with, with Adam Yauch. So, anyway, so uh, best of uh, best of, uh, of of luck and uh, our thoughts with him, and et cetera, et cetera. Let's find a happy story. Let's uh, well, let's do this. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk to uh, Don Taylor from Cinematical, Daxholt from TMZ. And then and, you have to tell me what you want me to do in Seattle. And, and that's the other thing we're going to get to. So, too much. I was going to get to, well, I guess this, old, this old Yeller story probably isn't very happy. Mm. Well, we'll talk Seattle when we come back. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show, live in Portland. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101, KUFO. KUFO, Portland. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson radio program. Coming up at 7.20, Dawn Taylor from Cinematical will join us today. Also at uh, 8 o'clock, Dax Holt still to come. Geek Watch. Uh, we'll get to this uh, this ridiculous David Arquette story, which I think has already resolved itself with an apology that's actually more embarrassing than the statement he made initially. I can just uh, speak for myself. This email says, Rick, Clackamas is a fine place. How ironic you should choose such a hot day to ridicule Clackamas. Every damn summer we see a Mecca-like gathering of southeast meth heads on the Clackamas River. When do the fine folks of Clackamas even uh, ever gather southeast to raft down Johnson Creek? <laughs> Can't we all just get along and wish ill will on Westland and Lake Oswego? Yes, we can, sir. All right, uh, a couple uh, bits of business. Two things. One. Uh, this Thursday, starting at noon, our good friends at the Dick Hanna Dodge are going to be offering general admission Crew Fest 2 tickets for only $10. Uh, that is going to be starting this Thursday, which is the day after tomorrow. This Thursday, starting at noon, you can get yourself a Crew Fest 2 ticket for just $10 at Dick Hanna Dodge. And, of course, uh, KUFO will be there uh, on site as well. So that will be this Thursday, starting at noon. You can get yourself a Crew Fest 2 ticket for uh, $10 at Dick Hanna uh, Dodge. That is coming up a week from today. The show will be happening. That is uh, next Tuesday. You can find that more details. Details at KUFO.com. And finally, I know we made a discussion not to, we had a, a discussion earlier, we made an agreement not to talk about uh, nose blowing at all, but I have to say this one oh, thing. No, 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 no and I'm no, not going to no. be, I'm not going to be discussing anything that came out of any part of my body. That's not, Everybody's eating breakfast. That is not That's a detail a we're going to have. Phrase. It's not going to be about the nose blowing as such. Have you noticed with this this latest uh, batch of Kleenex tissue that we've gotten? It looks like I've taken the last one, so I apologize. I'm not able to illustrate my point here. But we've got these, you know, the, the one at a one at a time uh, sort of Kleenex uh, dispensing thing. As Kleenexes work. Have you? I suppose like I suppose that's all. That is a given. Ones that come out three at a time. I, I suppose that's just a that's a that's a given at this point. I didn't really need to uh, to explicate that part of it. Have you noticed that these Kleenexes turn blue when you use them? 
Have you uh, have you no. paid attention to this no. detail? I don't think it's just my nose that's doing it to the tissue. It's like the, t- the the Kleenex comes out of the box and it's white, but then if any part of it becomes damp at all, it turns blue. It's the weirdest thing. Are you sure? I, the only way I can demonstrate it is by showing you a Kleenex, and I'm not going to do, oh, that. Don't do that's, that. See, that's we un- believe you. that's yeah. I'm not going. We believe you. But like, what is the purpose of that? Why would they be designed th- that way? Is this like some? You're sort the of, only one who has noticed this. I. It, I don't think there's anything blue coming out of the front of my face. I think sure? it, I think it is. In fact, I'm not entirely sure. I think I would probably have to be inspected by the appropriate uh, type of physician. Uh, to, you know, a doctor would have to tell me for sure. But I'm I'm almost certain that these Kleenexes, when they become moist in any way, um, there's a blue tinge to them. Just, uh, just an observation. All right, Tim. When are you going to Seattle? Is it going to be in August sometime? August, uh, the weekend of the 15th. All right, so it's still going to be... We're all gone that. So it'll be uh, the summertime, things, uh, outdoor activities will still be hopping, as they say. So when you go to Seattle, are you planning to go to the uh, to the public market at Pike, uh, Pike Street? Yes. Okay. I want you to go... What is the name of the fish place where they throw the fish, Sarah? Um, I don't know the name of it, but it, it's just the fish place. I mean, that's, I always market. just call it the Pike Street Fish Market, but yeah. I mean, there's more than one, and I kind of feel bad for everybody. Ones. Do, one do they of... only throw the fish at one location? It's that's... The one, yeah, it's the one behind the copper pig. Right, and yeah. if you uh, and it's on, um, uh, I forget what this Virginia lane. Street or something. Yeah. It's right by there's that there's that like world's first Starbucks that's there. And there's like a bookstore and there's like a big newspaper stand. Anyway, so when you go to Pike Street Market, I want you to investigate something that I heard about. I've heard this too. I heard that they no longer throw fish there because those the, the jackasses in PETA uh, were protesting. About about them having you know about that it was in, inhumane or something that it was cruel. Oh, that's too. Bad. And that they fish no that were longer already dead. You see, and the fish are already dead, dead, aren't they? I mean, they're not. It's not like they're grabbing a fish out of no, they might a as well huge protest like cooks. Like okay, oh, you're you're. Well, they animal. do. Well, I mean, look, it's like, but see, right, but that, they, their spirit is already gone. But that doesn't. It's like Michael Jackson. But that doesn't hold any. That doesn't cut any well, ice, though. Michael if Jackson you're going to say that PETA shouldn't protest the fish because they're already dead, then by definition, PETA shouldn't be protesting fur places, which they do. But I mean, but, that doesn't but, make any the sense fish either. That, that Pike Street sells is for consumption. I mean, that's that's food. That's not like some you know furry jacket or something. I'm just saying, it's like fish you, don't have feelings. You can't uh, or souls, Tim. <laughs> they uh, so. You can't expect PETA to operate with any logic, so it's not like yeah. I'm looking for any sort of consistency on their side because they're, you know, because they're not cases. So has it already happened? Because I heard it was going to see, happen. He, so that's the thing. So I was in Seattle. Just that's the main weeks. reason why people go to Seattle to see those fish being thrown. Mm-hmm. You know, and and the thing is, you, you you know, you're from the Northwest for any amount of time. I mean, it can be a thing. By all rights, the fish throwing should seem sort of corny at this point. It should seem like a cliche, but you know what? It's still cool, it's and totally everybody cool. thinks it's righteous. And the fish throwing guys are really good looking. And when Anthony Bourdain came to town. Did they go to school for that? <laughs> Wait, were you doing a... I'm sorry, was that a pun? No, I'm sorry, I, I wasn't prepared for the... Did they go to school for throwing fish? See, That is a valid question. I, I didn't know if that was a... You're sure it wasn't a pun? It wasn't meant to be. I'll take credit for it. All right. I mean, they don't go to Divers Institute. What's amazing is that they never drop those things and that I've never yeah. seen one. Or hit I, somebody in the head and knock them out. And, or where the guy goes to. that, we're not throwing fish anymore. Or where there goes, the guy goes out. to grab it and he somehow misses it and it lands on the sort of stand behind him or something. Or, and, or a tourist. And don't you feel sorry for all the other fish stands that don't throw anything because all people must ask them is, hey, is this place, when are you going to be throwing the fish again? And they have to say, that's not oh, us. No, it's it it's up on the first floor, mm-hmm. sir. But when uh, you know when Anthony Bourdain came to town, and you know it's a guy who travels the world, he's seen things, you know, from here to there a billion different times. Even he stopped uh, to talk to the fish throwing guys. So the story we heard is that PETA 
uh, like they did uh, downtown at that Schumacher first place, which was like on Morrison or Yamhill or something. They just did what they always do. They ruin everybody else's fun. They just set up shop and just started the you know, hanging out and just becoming an eyesore and probably a nose sore as well. They're joyless people. They really are, Tim. They're not human like you and I. No. Until the, until the fish-throwing guys had to stop doing it. And I heard two different versions. One was that they were going to uh, stop doing it altogether. The other, I swear to God, was that they were going to be throwing a plastic fish around. <gasps> uh, but I don't no. know that that's true either. So... Back up to two weeks ago. So Lara and I go to Seattle two weekends ago to see Green Day on 4th of July weekend. But, of course, the day we uh, get a chance to go to Pie Street Market, it was closed because of 4th of July. I mean, the whole market wasn't closed, but that place was shut. They were, they were not there. That place was just shuttered uh, for the holiday. And there was a big sign saying, uh, you know, fish guys, uh, you know, on vacation, enjoying the 4th of July. See you Monday morning. And by that time, we had already left, so we didn't get a chance to actually see it for ourselves firsthand. So all I have is sort of secondhand knowledge at this point. Mm -hmm. So when you go to Seattle, you have to look into that because I want to know if they're... That doesn't seem too much to ask. I was going to go there anyway. I appreciate it. So I want to know if they're A, still throwing fish, same as it ever was, B, not throwing fish at all, C, throwing some sort of rubber or otherwise uh, like an ersatz fish of some kind. And if there are any protesters there, will you please ask them... Like their logic. And then give them yeah. like a good uh, groin kick good for me, groin won't you please? Kick. Yes. All right. Straight ahead, Don Taylor from Cinematical, uh, as well as Dax Holt from TMZ will be on the way. Plus more news from Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. You stay there live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is the Rick Emerson radio program on Tuesday. Don't go anywhere. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Share your thoughts with billions. I love a man in yellow pants. Call 503-228-4101. The Rick Emerson Show returns. From beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us today. In mere moments, Don Taylor from Cinematical will join us. Uh, coming up at 8 o'clock, Dax Holt. Uh, also more news from Tim Riley, including a, a geek watch. Tim, what other headlines are we following for the people of Portland today? The giant Alaska blob mystery has been solved. An airman loses his legs in a botched gallbladder operation, and a tasered man bursts in the flames. Wow. I'm sorry, is he alive? Uh, Barely. But, I mean, that's a yes. It happened in Florida. Don't make any cookie. No, no, no. I'm just just waiting to see exactly what level of humor I can respond to that with. All right. Uh, So we're still waiting on an answer for the the Pike Street fish market thing. So somebody wrote and said that they saw them throwing a fish last week, but they couldn't tell if it was real or not. See, and here's the thing. That would actually be worse. Like, if the PETA guys... Just set up shop and start protesting there, which I don't even know that they did. That's the other thing. It's like I didn't see any protesting, but again, they were closed, and I haven't seen any sort of coverage of it. But I, you know, but Peter protests everything, so it's like unless you lived in Seattle, you probably wouldn't see any coverage of it. But it does strike me as the sort of thing that they are likely to do. So. If, in fact, Peter was there uh, sort of kvetching about the fact that they're throwing fish around, I would rather just have the guy stop doing it altogether. The idea that they would have to emasculate themselves and just be throwing a plastic fish around is depressing in ways that I can't even really... Why is all of a sudden doing this? Like, it's been a tradition for years. Like, they got tired of picking on the Olsen twins. It's like, hmm. See, but again, but I don't know that, but see, I don't know that they have. I mean, where did you hear that they'd done that? 
I heard it. Uh, I was at a barbecue yesterday. Some guy? Somebody, yeah, somebody brought it up. See, the thing, some guy. Uh, so, I, I mean, I hate to say this, but I mean, in Peter's defense, perhaps they're not doing it. It might just be a thing. You know what? I bet they if are, they are doing it, it's probably on their website. Uh-huh. Or maybe we can, um, yeah, Nibbler said he was going to maybe try to get a hold of somebody. All right. So, uh, so we'll discuss that uh, more here in just a second. And I've also got this, of all things, I've got a gleaming the cube uh, question that we'll get to in just a second. Let's welcome now to the uh, Rick Emerson program, Dawn Taylor from uh, Cinematical joining us now. Sitting resplendent in her. Okay, there we go. Hello, Don Taylor. How are you? Well, I'm 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 fine. I guess I I get bumped. First of all, I, I show up here bright and early, seven a.m. And oh yeah, you're not going to be on until seven twenty. You're bumped. And then <laughs> Nibbler can't find a newspaper for me, so he brings me a copy of this autobiography written by the Georgia congressman who was also played Cooter on the Deuce of Hazard. Ben Jones. And so I'm, I'm th- thumbing through this, and I, I go, okay, well, I start to read some some charming redneck anecdotes, and then I decide, okay, I'm going to go, I want to read the, the Dukes of Hazard stuff, because I didn't actually ever watch Dukes of Hazard, so I don't know anything about it. So I go straight to the Dukes of Hazard thing, and he's talking about the casting, and the fellow who played Boss Hogg, for example, studied at Yale School of Drama, who knew? But, um, and he mentions that uh, Tom Wopat, cast as Bo, and he says, the cooler of the two Duke cousins and now I'm confused because I always thought uh, Bo and Duke were brothers, and like Daisy Duke was their cousin, but the Bo and Duke were brothers. And, but he calls them just the Duke cousins. So were Bo and Duke cousins? I don't even know. First of all, <laughs> you're making my head hurt. <laughs> Secondly, wow. Yeah. Thirdly, a little intense. I the, the <laughs> guy who played. I, I'm impressed that you had uh, Tom Wopat though. Is that because of his uh, role in Annie Get Your Gun? Possibly. Yes. All right. I, he was uh, touring in that production with uh, with Gary Sandy of all people, by the way, who was Andy Travis on WKRP in Cincinnati. So well, I, I, I'm I'm way hip to like the pop culture stuff. Don't get me wrong. I you know, and also, um, and by I, the way, Sorel Book is who you're thinking of, the guy who played uh, Boss Hog. Look at you. Yeah, look, I'm talking. I can bring it. And I believe he. Uh, it was either him or the other sheriff guy. Uh, apparently, uh, was uh, Paul Newman's uh, right hand man in Way of the Gun. You're talking about Enos? I guess so. Yeah, Enos. Boy, is there a name that I'll never get tired of saying, like Enos? No. The answer to that is no. Somewhere I've got the theme song to the show Enos, 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 which was the uh, the spinoff of the Dukes of Hazard, starring uh, the deputy Enos who went off to get his own show, which amazingly enough didn't last. I mean, I think they canceled it like halfway through the first episode. Now, the other Duke brother, who is the dad on Smallville, except he's not anymore because he died. John Schneider. John Schneider. I knew him a lot because, again, you you couldn't be alive and not know about Dukes of Hazard. But also, I lived in Los Angeles. I grew up in Los Angeles when I was a kid, and uh, 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 Tawny Little was uh, the a Miss America who became a newscaster on Channel she, Seven. Yes, and then they got married, and she married John Schneider, yeah, so that she was Tawny Schneider. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is all very confusing. But but let's get back to this business <laughs> of of, of Bo and Luke. My first reaction was to say that Bo and Luke are cousins. And that Daisy Duke is also their cousin. But then that raises all sorts of other issues. Like, do they all have the same the same parents? And did the parents snuff it at some point so Uncle Jesse had to raise them? And if there's Uncle Jesse, where is it? Like, is there Mrs. Jesse? Does he... They, they never explain anything about Uncle Jesse and why he's single. And if, they're, if he was ever married, does he have kids of his own? Yeah, is Uncle Jesse all three of their uncles? See, but now, having said that out loud, though, I almost want to say that Bo and Luke are brothers... 
and that Daisy is their cousin, but that they themselves are brothers. Because I think I, I can't always think of them as, you know, the, the Duke brothers. But then if you think about the voiceovers from the little the clips I've seen of the show, having never actually really watched it, but you always hear Waylon Jennings go, oh, those Duke boys. Right. Well, they could have been still been cousins and called the Duke boys. I suppose. I, it, well, and or they could have been from an orphanage. Here's the... Uh, That's true. <laughs> here's the... Uh, here's the clones. Just l- left inside a... Uh, left inside a big Copenhagen tub on the front porch. The and I like how you are just dismissing out of hand the uh, the homespun country wisdom of Ben Cooter Jones in the book that you're reading there in the uh, in the kitchen. A book that clearly his publisher sent us. You can take it with you when with you leave. If you great like interest and in hopes for an interview. You're, you're not you're not going to have him uh, in. Not going to do a phoner. Not going to. Here's the thing. Well, back on the Bowen Luke uh, tip. The reason that I think that they were probably brothers is that. When Tom Mopat and John Schneider dug in their heels about salary demands, Futurama style, and then got booted off the show, Futurama style, they were then replaced, Futurama style, by Coy and Vance Duke, who amazingly showed up in town the same day. They showed up in Hazard, the, like the same, literally, the episode, it's awesome, the episode opens... And they do that great thing that let you know, and Tim can, you know, Tim knows all about this because in Hollywood they play, uh, they, that is, they play hard in Hollywood. They don't, they don't screw around. And you can tell how an actor's time with a project has ended by the way the television show gets rid of the character. And of course, the best ever example of that is what's her name, Valerie Harper. I want more money. You're dead. Your character's freaking dead in a car accident, and she suffered uh, and disfigured before she died. You're never coming back. Whereas, uh, you know, sometimes if there's an amicable parting, the character will get a farewell. At the beginning of this this uh, Dukes of Hazard episode, it literally starts with Uncle Jesse and Daisy Duke watching a car drive off into the horizon. And Daisy says something like, well, it's so sad about Bo and Luke leaving. And Jesse goes, yeah, well, all right, that's good. Let's get to eating. And then they just walk back inside. Like, you never, they were just gone. And then about five minutes later... Two mysterious guys show up on motorcycles, matching motorcycles, matching helmets, matching outfits. They take off the helmets, and it's Cohen, uh, Coy and Vance who are like dead ringers for John Schneider and Tom Wolpat. I'm stunned that you remember all of these details about Dukes of Hazard, but you don't know if they were brothers or not. It's, it's going to drive me crazy. Now, see, now I don't... Oh, wait, hold on. Josh can clarify the Duke brothers question. Hello, Josh. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Please to clarify. Hey, good morning, Rick. Uh, the Duke boys are actually cousins. Uh, all different mothers and fathers just happen to be related to Jesse in some way. Why do they live with Jesse? Where are the parents here? Well, uh, well I guess suddenly I'm, I'm not satisfied well, that you can answer the question. I'm grilling you. On uh, DVD, and uh, I haven't been able to uh, figure it out myself. Oh, see, now I feel bad that you're actually apologizing for not knowing the answer to a question that really in the grand scheme of things matters, matters less than nothing. Um, so you're saying, though, they are all cousins, Bo, Luke, Coy, Vance, and Daisy, all from different sets of parents. Yeah, and I would imagine that their parents would be brother or sister with Jess. That's all very confusing. So all the parents are dead somehow. Was it like some children of the corn thing that happened in Hazard where Malachi came out from behind the rows and took all the, the Duke parents away? There was a lot of bad moonshine down there also. That's true. Maybe they went uh, blind. That bathtub gin? Yes. A, a meth, meth lab explosion. <laughs> I don't think they do meth in the They're cell. not as young as they seem, though. They're not all in, in need of parents. I mean, uh, Bo was in the Marine Corps and he came back, you know. So wow. You know, at least you're 18. Okay. Uh, you know, so you don't need parents. No, no, no. Here's the other thing. Not only had they both, uh, not only had he been in the Marine Corps, I do remember an episode where 
Bo mentioned that they had done some time on the NASCAR circuit. They had driven on the NASCAR circuit, which is why the doors of the General Lee are welded shut, uh, because NASCAR uh, vehicles don't have uh, openable doors. They are, they are in fact, sealed closed. So That's partially true. Okay, so that accounts for like another year of their life. The car itself was an ex-NASCAR that they rebuilt, and the only reason they painted it orange is because that's all that cooter had for the color of paint. This is when Colin Vance took off, they said that Bo and Luke were off on the NASCAR circuit, and that's why they weren't on the show. I love this show with everything well, in me. Would that qualify for the Clinkers for Cash program? Yes, it would, Tim. That is you just are my favorite by the caller to this show ever. And can I also say, sir, this is like those. This is like when you're watching the History Channel and you'll see those scholars who are trying to account for the life of Christ between 12 when he was teaching the elders in the temple and 33 when he was crucified. All right, thank you, my friend. Thank you for listening. Thank you. All right, there you go. That's Josh. Awesome. You have the best listeners. I really do. I mean, I hate to I hate to be that guy, but goddamn, our audience is the best thing that's ever existed. All right. Uh, when we uh, come back, we'll talk uh, to Don Taylor about actual film uh, and uh, so forth. Oh, and then, uh, so Tim, I've already given you the assignment about looking into whether they still throw fish in Seattle. Yes, I wrote it down, so I won't forget. We come back. We've had enough time. I'll, t- I'll say the old yeller thing when we get back to, and you'll laugh in spite of yourself. Stay there. We're live from Portland. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Share your thoughts with billions. Call 503-228-4101. Watch me go loop up Academy Award-nominated actor John Turturro. Oh, yeah. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program, an excursion into whimsy. Thank you for joining us. So there's two conflicting stories we've got now about the Duke boys. This says, Rick, according to Wikipedia, the Duke parents all died in a car wreck, according to the show's creator on the show DVDs, but it was never stated in the show itself. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Because if Bo and Duke, if Bo and Luke Duke are from different sets of parents, and Daisy Duke is from a third set of parents, and not even bringing Coy and Vance into it, first of all, it had to have been a big car and a big car wreck to have killed off all the Duke parents at once. You'd think that it would be sort of What's like... What's it saying? That all four? Like four of them? But that would be six. That would be six, six. people. That would be three sets of parents. You'd think well, they that were they... all riding in the back of the pickup truck and not snap, snapped in. <laughs> they, were all, in. they were all in the same hay wagon. <laughs> you would think that that would be like how they don't ever put the president and the vice president and Congress all on the same plane, though. There would be some sort of separation of powers just in case, you know... Because the, Duke, has, the Duke family is that important in Hazard <laughs> County. The, um, this one... Uh, here's another story. No, 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 Rick. Uh, your callers have it wrong. The Duke boys went to live with Jesse, a la, Fre- a la the uh, Fresh Prince, uh, to keep them out of trouble. And as always the case, trouble followed them. All right. Well, this I think this can never be known. This is one of those. Uh, this is one of those things that just have to be. It has to be left unresolved. All right, uh, Don Taylor. So uh, how are you today? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Other than all that baffling puzzlement about the, the Duke boys. It's best just to put that in your rearview mirror, Don. Let the past be the past. you got to be here now. You don't, You're starting don't, to talk with an accent, P.S. No, it's, uh, it's a true blood thing. It's, uh, no, it's, cause I, we do, I, it's because we just spend all of our free time now just talking like Bill with or without <laughs> lips, depending on whether he's on fire or going through the cemetery. Uh, all right. Uh, so we have to, we can actually dovetail this into the DVD releases uh, today because it is because of you, for good or bad, that Sarah and I are watching that show because 
I had kind of heard about True Blood and then it just discounted it until you came in and gave it a pretty glowing review. And I was like, well, Because by- I'm a fat girl who likes vampires. <laughs> by God, I ought to watch me some of that. <laughs> and so, by God, I am. So now I just while away countless hours that I could be using to be productive is sitting there uh, watching undead sex on my computer screen. Yes. So uh, what is your next recommendation for us, Don? <laughs> well, I don't know if they're really recommendations, but they need to be mentioned. Uh, today on DVD, we have two big DVD releases. One is the Watchmen uh, Director's Cut, which is um, 25 minutes of new material added back into the movie, which, like a lot of these director's cuts, is most of it, and and I do the most of it doesn't really do a lot to expand the movie in any way. It's like, honestly, it's a lot of uh, single sentences added to scenes and things like that. Although there's one really excellent fight scene um, from the... uh, Spoiler alert, uh, what the original Night Owl when mm-hmm. he is attacked in his apartment. Right. And there's uh, the uh, the scene, and this actually should have been in the movie. It's a really excellent scene where he is fighting back against his attackers, and each punch he lands, he has a flashback of battling bad guys in the past in his heyday. And it's really beautifully done. But honestly, you can find that scene all by itself just online by doing a Google search for it, and you can watch it. And so. when they, the, some of the director's cuts feel kind of obligatory. They, yeah. It's just sort of like they know they have to soak the fanboy market to try to recoup some of the, the, the film's budget so they put out, you know, it's like Watchmen that you know, the, you know, the masturbatory cut. Well, yeah, and, this just... is, and this is a double dip. It's already been released on DVD and so this is a second release. It's got a couple of good featurettes. One about um, the mentality of real life vigilantes, which is kind of cool. And another one about uh, with a uh, physics professor talking about the film's physics. But um they're okay, but that's pretty much it for the extras. Uh, and honestly, there may very well be a third one that comes oh, out least. later where they inject the, the Black Freighter stuff in. Right. So, you know, uh, let the buyer beware. I mean, if this is something that you it, you really need, then... And I have both. I have the uh, the Tales of the Black Freighter standalone featurette, and I have that Under the Hood thing, uh, yeah. which is, you know, like a, the, the sort of pseudo 60 minutes. That could, and, and that is actually worth watching. The Tales of the Black Freighter doesn't work at all for me as as a featurette. It just it, it becomes inadvertently comic. Well since both of those were um part of the, the comic itself, the, the the book itself when it was released, um when Alan Moore wrote it, uh there are rumors that eventually there will be another version comes right. out where that they integrate that stuff into the movie. So, yeah. Anybody else hear Sarah's microphone? I am having microphone issues sound, today. Honestly it's like a vibrator hold or on, let's, something. Let's hold on, let's on all uh, be be uh, silent here. Wait. We get Oh, no, no, now it's, it's not doing it. Yeah, it's just not saying. No, I was just trying to get the, see if we can isolate the sound there. All right. Uh, also on DVD today, uh, Coraline, and it comes out in a couple of different versions. There's just a straight DVD release, but there's also, um, for not really any more money, which is kind of nice, because uh, sometimes the extra special ones cost you another 10 bucks. but this seems to be about the same price, a two-disc special edition that's got some nice featurettes, but also it has both a 2D version and it has it in 3D, and it comes with four pairs of 3D glasses. And is it the same 3D that you saw in the in the theaters, that kind of real 3D or whatever well, they call yeah, them? yes, but keep in mind you're watching it on your television and not on a digital projection screen right. that's set up with the real 3D you know, I have to say, is this. it going to be for rent at the Red Box? That's the problem. Is I, I don't I I because I was thinking, well, you can't really get it from like Netflix or the Red Box with the 3D glasses. So I think you're going to be kind of stuck buying it 
if if you want to do the three. How about if I wear some Ray Bans? Will that do? Yeah. The don't you think they <laughs> Just ought watch to watch the two D one and put on your sunglasses? Well, somebody that, needs imagine. to start reverse engineering that three D technology. That re- because I have mixed feelings about Coraline. The actual as an actual movie, I didn't find it all that uh, yeah. great. But the three D is it's the best I've ever seen. And somebody needs to sort of reverse engineer some standalone 3D glasses that they can then sell for the home market. So when you rent something like that, you know, you don't have to, like, track down, like, a weird pair of cardboard shades to put on everything. Well, if they're going to continue with this, eventually that's kind of going to happen because yeah. it's it's sort of... It's it's sort of ridiculous that they're all, in a way they're kind of foisting this on people. Like all of the upcoming animated features are 3D. Right now, granted, you'll be able to pay less money and see it in 2D, but most I think most people are going to, if given the option, want to see it in 3D. Except that in a lot of cases, I just wonder how how just perfunctory this is because it doesn't seem to be necessary in a lot of cases. Like Coraline has such beautiful, beautiful stop-motion animation, the 3D is very good. Whereas, like, your Jonas Brothers it, concert film doesn't necessarily... Uh, well, but even in Coraline, was it necessary for, you know, for them right. to tell the story? Uh, the best use of the 3D, ironically, that I've seen so far is in the uh, the new Ice Age movie, where um, it's, it's an okay movie. It's better than the second one, which was appalling. But Ice Age 3, they actually took into consideration what scenes would be best served by the 3D and they really pumped it and then through most of the rest of the movie they just kind of like really laid back on it so it that you could actually see that they took some consideration into how they use the 3D rather than just going layering well, it's an it animated the top. movie everything's got to pop out at you ladling it on like a gravy yeah oh and I should say uh, finally I just finished watching uh, f- the first season of Eastbound and Down, which I understand has been renewed for a second season. I was going to ask you about Wow, that. boy, what a show that is. That is just an astounding... I need to watch the rest of that. It's, an, uh, it's astounding. Do you have it on DVD? Uh, I do. It is, that is an astoundingly good show. And just, doesn't it end beautifully? It does. It's like they knew that it and probably wouldn't come back. So Yeah, and I won't spoil anything for yeah. you, Sarah, but I will say it ends... In some way, it ends kind of like Freaks and Geeks in that it works as both a season finale or a series finale because mm-hmm. you could tell, yeah, they didn't know if it was going to come back because it, it's amazing that show got on the air in the first place. If it hadn't been for Will Ferrell, you can tell. Yeah. If Ferrell had not gotten behind it and agreed to, probably to do a cameo in several episodes, which he does to hilarious effect, it, it never would have made it on. But boy, that is just, if you have not seen Eastbound and Down, it really is worth watching. It's It's amazing. It's one of the most, it is one of the most amazing things I've ever seen on television in the sense that it got made and you can tell got made relatively true to the director's vision. It is, uh, yeah, it's like nothing else I've ever seen. So, anyway, so uh, big ups, as they say, to uh, to Jody Hill for making that. You can now be read at uh, Cinematical and where else, Don Taylor? Movies.com. And there's a, a fabulous picture oh, of you. God, there's, <laughs> as, as I think I described it earlier, it's like uh, the mom in the peanut butter commercial when she looks at the kid and says, oh, Jimmy, yeah, it's it's I'm I'm cocking my head. It's and really looking. not as bad as you're making it out uh, to be. You look really cute in it. Oh, thanks. It's almost like you're doing sort of a hints from Heloise there and the, the <laughs> thing in that picture where you go. And don't forget, if you have an asthma attack, a cup of coffee can allay those symptoms for up to forty five minutes. <laughs> but you can read reviews by me there again. Movies dot com, part of the fine Fandango family of entertainment products. Awesome. Don Taylor, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right, back after this with Dax Holt from TMZ and Tim Riley, who will give news to you in his own inimitable style. Stay there. We uh, return live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Tuesday morning. Don't go anywhere. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO! Pop, pop, pop! Portland. 
but then it wasn't so funny. All right. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Let's welcome now from TMZ our good friend Dax Holt. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning. How are you? I am uh, fantabulous, my friend. What is happening in the world of bad things happening to folks who aren't me? <laughs> well, did you watch this uh, this Chris Brown video we put up? Uh, yeah, this is the one where he makes a thoroughly unconvincing and, uh, in my opinion, almost absolutely insincere uh, apology for, uh, what do you call it, the uh, beating of Rihanna. <laughs> That's just my assessment as, a, as an observer, though. I could be way off. Maybe his heart bleeds with pity and sympathy. You know, it's funny because I'm getting both sides of it. I'm getting people saying, you know, it's good to hear him coming out and saying sorry and being really, like, apathetic about the whole thing. And then I'm getting other people going, absolutely not. This is a total PR stunt. You know, I can't believe he'd come out after all this time. So it's just funny to hear people's reaction towards it. And you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to forgive him for going out and saying sorry. You know, if you beat a woman, you don't get a, you don't get a pass. Well, it's, especially if you, if you keep your trap shut because you don't want to get punished for what you then later admit you did. You know what? If you're going to admit it and go on camera and admit you did it, why don't you man up and take your lumps, friend? That would be my observation. Yeah, exactly. He keeps putting on to his lawyer saying, well, the lawyer wouldn't let me talk. The lawyer wouldn't let me talk. Well, you know what? I think you should have said sorry a long time yeah. ago because it just made you look real bad keeping your mouth closed for all these months. That's right. You and I are on the same page there. Uh, what else is happening today? Uh, well, uh, we're learning that Britney may be losing this conservatorship pretty soon, that it may end. Uh, honestly, this was the best conservatorship I think I've ever seen. You know, she's really turned her life around. She was a complete train wreck mess, and her dad stepped in, cleaned up her life, and now it may be ending. I guess he can't stop the conservatorship. They have to go back in front of the judge. The judge will look over the case, see how she's doing, and then may end it. But it's looking like it's going to stop pretty soon here. Well, that may be bad news for Britney and good news for everybody else. And by everybody else, I mean you, because it it. <laughs> does seem like uh, an objective assessment would be that her dad did the right thing by taking control of every uh, you know every aspect of her life more or less and she has kept together she hasn't shown us her genitals in quite some time she hasn't shaved anything in public she hasn't smashed anything or screamed profanities at anybody in a foreign accent so i mean it's it's been kind of a lackluster 18 months or so but uh, who knows maybe happy days will be here again dex as, as much as i enjoyed those days i think it is good that she's all back on track and more power to her you know cuz you don't want to see these stars totally trash out all the time. Yeah, it's nice to see her doing well. Well, you got to take a break from these things. All right. Uh, as always, it is a pleasure. Thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us, Dax. Thanks, man. I got Dax Holt, ladies and gentlemen. See him on TMZ Television tonight at 1130 on Fox 12. Hello, Tim Riley. Greetings. What an action-packed morning it's been. It has. I can barely keep up with it. I'm becoming exhausted. All right. So uh, straight ahead, we will have uh, our, Sarah. What? Tell me what to do. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I hurt you. Uh, all right, Tim. Uh, straight ahead, we'll have news, including what headlines? Well, it was another hot summer night for gang shootings last night, and Portland's unemployment rate actually drops for a change. Huzzah. All right. Uh, I will, uh, because I teased this earlier, I'll just say that our good friend Chris Neathen sent me a photo uh, from his cellular telephone. I didn't know, first of all, that they made a brand of dog food called Old Yeller. And I'm not making that up. It is not like a gag or a joke or something. They just, he, Weird. He sent me a photograph of it. He, it's like a photo of it clearly taken. It's like one called Where the Red Fern Grows. <laughs> it's the, uh, the Annie. Uh, what is it? Annie and Dan. Aren't those the dogs and where the red fern grows? Oh, I can't remember. I just remember reading it. Uh, crying. Just, just sitting there weeping and asking the teacher, why did you make me read this? But Sneathan sent me this photograph just now, and it clearly taken at a Portland supermarket this morning. He was out shopping, and it is a brand of dog food they sell here called Old Yeller. And so it's a picture of him 
in front of this old yellow dog food. And then the caption he sent along with the picture of old yellow brand dog food was, is this lead free? There you go. Can you hear me in the back? Straight ahead news from Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, coming up this hour, we'll be giving away a pair of uh, passes for you to see Funny People, the brand new movie from Judd Apatow. That is sometime before 9 a.m. Tim Riley is next with your news featuring a Geek Watch live from beautiful downtown Portland. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Share your thoughts with billions. I love a man in yellow pants. Call 503-228-4101. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson radio program. So you should know at home, by the way, in case you're wondering what newsmen do when they're not bringing you headlines and facts of the world around you. Tim Riley spends his time looking up reviews of old yellow brand dog food <laughs> and online. And laughing maniacally. <laughs> it's Disney's old yellow dog food. They're actually marketing it. Well, of course, Tim. With the blessings of Disney. <laughs> it's, a, it's an established brand. Can't you see them in the pitch meeting, though? Where the guy's like, no, 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 I've got a great idea. And he's got the slide projector there in the conference room. And he's, you know, Michael Eisner, whoever it is that runs Disney at this point, is, you know, is sitting there in the chair going, great stuff, Morty. What else uh, What else do you have for us today? You know, after they, after he's talked about, like, the Little Mermaid, uh, you know, like, theme park. And after they've talked about, like, the um, like the Beauty and the Beast, like, bedside lamp. And he's saying, okay. That's why I, I met Michael Eisner. Really? We were, he was standing next to me in a urinal. <laughs> really? I was I was working on the promotion for Beauty and the Beast way back when, and we were uh, screening it in Phoenix, I believe. And did you? I mean, you did? Did you? Uh, not at that I moment, obviously. But did you? Did you speak with him? No, I didn't dare to. You didn't... All of a sudden, he steps right next to me and is using the next urinal in the restroom. Is he a small man in person? A little bit taller than me, I guess so. He uh, he's one of those guys I can never get a sense of his of his height or lack thereof watching him on television because I only see him standing with a you know with an imaginary rodent. He's always just posing next to Mickey Mouse. But he seems like a guy that is, uh, he may be compact, but he's filled with evil. I oh, mean, yeah. it's just. Like uh, we, weren't, uh, we weren't allowed to let people leave the auditorium. If somebody started to go, we had, get back in there right now. You slim sit the door. down, you bastard. Disney will not have you getting up and walking out. You sit down now or we'll have your family job. taken care of. That was my job. So but can't you see him being in a meeting and he goes, this is great stuff, Floyd. What, what else do you have for us? And the guy hits the next slide and up on the screen comes a picture of this bag of dog food. And he goes. Michael, you're gonna love it. It's old yellow brand dog food. I mean, if you saw that in a sitcom, you'd say, well, that's an amusingly dark joke. And yet it really exists and they sell it. And I know because Chris Sneathan, our good friend. And it's cheap. Send it. Well, it would have to be. I mean, what do you. I mean, why else would you get somebody to buy a brand of dog food that is centered around a guy having to take his pet out behind the barn and, as this webpage puts it, give it a gunpowder assisted dance with the Reaper? <laughs> I don't know why. Every time I ask her to feed the dog, she bursts into tears. Honey, what's wrong with our daughter? I I ask her to go feed Snuffles, and she just ends up sobbing uncontrolled. Maybe she needs to see a shrink or be put on some uh, some Ritalin or something. So I'm uh, looking here, and somebody actually echoes what Sarah Dillon says. Somebody says, what's next? Where the red fern grows dog food. Jesus. 
There's a picture of a guy in a supermarket holding up a bag of old yellow dog food and just giving a huge thumbs up at the camera. Just, he said, by the way, don't forget the moral of this dog food. Don't ever love anything or you'll have to kill it. All right. At the news desk, it's Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Reaper. Good morning, everyone, from the CBS News Center. It is 823. It's going to be 95 degrees today, 100 degrees by the weekend. At long last, Portland's unemployment rate drops below 12%. The numbers for June say it was 11.6%. But a year ago, it was 5.6%. Nationally, it's 9.5%. Today only, Portland-area Starbucks are offering free pasties. I'll make that free pastries, Sarah, for the purchase of any beverage. <laughs> yes, please. Head on down. <laughs> the offer is good till 1030 this morning. A passenger aboard a Southwest Airlines flight got quite a surprise at the end of his flight. A toxic scorpion dropped down and stung uh. him. Doug Hermanstromer was flying from Phoenix to Indianapolis when he saw something drop from above that it was a seatbelt. It was that big. Then he felt something crawling up his leg. He reaches down to brush it off and is stung by an Arizona bark scorpion right between his fingers. He immediately killed the scorpion with his shoe. <sighs> then his uh, 10-year-old son, Jimmy, opened the overhead compartment to find five baby scorpions ah! next to their baggage. Ah! No, 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 no. Ah! Sarah does not like this. Ah, scorpions freak me out. Page they terrify three. me. Good God. The poor economy is apparently taking a toll on the dead as well as the living. More and more families can't afford to bury or cremate their loved ones, and they're leaving the bodies behind at the L.A. County morgue. Come and get them. They're just sitting there. Why are we leaving Grandpa by the side of the road? Where are we driving to? Be careful what you say to those telemarketers. An Iowa man found out the hard way. He was fed up with all the phone calls he got and told one person who was making a telephone offer to him that he didn't want to listen to that he would burn down the building and kill all the employees and their families. And now he's been indicted for making a terrorist threat, a Class D felony. His bail, $45,000. Jesus. Oh, by the way, we have the uh, Seattle fish throwing gang coming up in just moments here. Yeah, so we're going to get a definitive answer on whether or not they are allowed to still throw fish at the Pike Street Market uh, in Seattle. So we we heard, well, Sarah and I had both heard these rumors, and maybe they're just rumors, that PETA had protested. And they had back in June. Yeah, and, and that it was a result of that was either they didn't do it or they used plastic mm-hmm. fish. So That's we'll so find funny out. that we both heard that rumor on the same day. It's one of those things that I, and so I have no idea, because when I went there on the 4th of July, they were closed, so I have no idea. But we'll find out here in just a moment. Well, actor David Arquette has apologized to the Latin community after branding its women nuts. The star came under fire after making the comment while appearing on Fox News, which is a great place for that. I mean, he met in the nicest way. I mean, it wouldn't be out of form there, where he was uh, giving his opinion of Supreme Court nominee Sandra Sotomayor. Uh, I have the original comments here. Really? I mentioned something about Sotomayor since we're like... That's David Arquette right there, the main. I, uh, I think Latino women are... I mean, it depends on the woman, but I think they are very, like, have great judgment, but there are some that are just nuts. Really? <laughs> I would just say it. Now, your wife, no, Courtney Cox, you. is not Latino, is she? No, she's not Latino. So this would be a but I'm from Los Angeles, so we know all about the Latino women. I get it. Wow. Whoa. Oh, wow. Let's hear that one more time. I didn't know he did the accent. That's like a full-on Slowpoke Rodriguez thing he did there. Not Latino. So this would be a but I'm from Los Angeles, so we know all about the Latino women. Jesus <laughs> oh, God. so uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was so much worse than I thought it was going to be. I because I'd read the quote, but I didn't really know that he put on the. Uh, I didn't know he like he, he put on like the uh, Chichi Rodriguez uh, accent there at the end. 
Good God Almighty. All right. The, do you have his apology, though? It says here, I have nothing but love and respect for Latino just, women and me, women in general, the whole cultural background. Let me, let me just ask you this real quickly, and we'll do this, and then we'll talk to the guy from the, uh, from the fish market at, at Pike Street Market. Let me... Let me just ask uh, you, I will have you tell me just uh, just your thoughts after you hear this apology. Tell me if this apology actually, in some ways, just makes you even angrier. Tim, go ahead and read his apology for, for you know, saying that Latina women are nuts. So he adds, what saddens me is that it took away from the issue of hunger in America, for which I was on the show to begin with. You see, I work in a pantry in Venice, California, with a Hispanic woman named Delphia who has been feeding people at St. Joseph's Center for 29 years, and she is my personal hero. Mm-hmm. Having been raised in Los Angeles, I've grown up with a deep and profound love for the Latino culture. I mean, really, which is... Don't you mean Latino culture? Which is just like like half a degree away from the, well, many of my best friends are whoever Seriously. it is that I just offended. That, I, that guy is just so despicable anyway. Just he just douche. grosses He's me out. He's a huge like, douche. Him and Courtney Cox seem like they would be the most unfun couple Seriously, F him. Well, don't invite them over. That's right. That and it also it's an unpleasant mixture of the many of my best friends are you know it whatever, is. and but it's also it, you know what it is. It's also the uh, the utterly unbelievable, unconvincing personal anecdote. I met a Latina woman in California who feeds the homeless. Uh, you know, and it, you're out there on the stump as a politician, just desperately trying to let people think that you are uh, that you are many uh, splendored in terms of your uh, acquaintances. All right, let's uh, welcome now to the uh, Rick Emerson Show. Hold on, where's my screen so I can see what the hell I'm doing? Uh, this is Jeremy. Hello, Jeremy. How are you today? Good, man. How are you doing? I am fantastic. Let me let me ask you a question. You work, uh, and I, you know, I've lived in the Northwest for most of my life, but I still get this wrong. It's the, is the it is the Pike Place or Pike Street Public Market. Pike Place Fish Market. Pike Place yeah. Fish Market. And then the name for the whole joint, though, is what? Is it just... It's Pike Place Market. Okay, and you work at the Pike Place Fish Market. All right, excellent. How long have you uh, been there, Jeremy? Uh, I've been there nine years so far. All right, so how long after you get a, a job there do you get moved up to, like, the fish-throwing capacity? Uh, after about two hours. And so really? Is that, so yeah, they just yeah, throw you into the deep end, so to speak? Exactly. It's sink or swim. How long does it take you to, uh, to master the catching of the fish? The throwing, I think, would be easier. Uh, the throwing is actually probably the hardest part of it. The catching is not bad. I mean, it's just like catching a ball. I mean, you, you do got to catch it so you kind of stop the fish. Is it the throwing? I guess so, so that you're not throwing it like past the guy or into the like, yeah, into the next the into the t-shirt you store or something. So we can catch it. I mean, it has to be like at a certain angle. It makes it easier if it's at like an angle. What's the hardest fish like to throw? Uh, probably like a thirty-pound king salmon. And the easiest fish to throw? A trout. Do you... <laughs> or a bag of clams. <laughs> I was going to ask if you guys ever throw like a crab or something. Oh yeah, we throw crabs. Um, so we, Sarah, uh, my producer, and I have both heard this story Separately within the last from two yeah, separate rumors. Yeah, at, yeah. Within the last thirty days, each of us has heard from different people independently huh? that because of the uh, the PETA uh, protests. And I tried to verify this one way or the other uh, when I was in Seattle, but it was Fourth of July, and you guys were sort of uh, taking the day off. Yeah, to we heard it. you were coming, so we decided to stay home. <laughs> just, just skedaddle. Um, we heard that because of PETA, there was either a no fish throwing, or b you guys were having to throw a rubber fish. No, it, no, no. What it, what it all was is we did a presentation for the American Veterinarians Association mm-hmm. uh, on what was it July 11th? So we did that, um, and. The PETA found out that we were going to be throwing fish there, which we do at all these presentations that we do worldwide. So PETA had a fit because why are the veterinarians hiring people to come out and throw dead animals? That was the big old thing. So they were more upset with the Veterinarian Association for hiring us to come out to do this. Okay. Then it turned down here. 
And they had said, you know, we'll give you fake fish to throw at the veterinary association, uh, which didn't happen. We threw real fish there. Uh, so they protested outside of the veterinary association. But our show was done at 9, and there were six people dressed as mermaids, topless, laying on the ground at noon. Well, you, they do have an eye for <laughs> Way to go, Peter. <laughs> they have a flair yeah, for the theatric. I, I will give them that, but maybe not so much with the keeping of the time. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people didn't even know what it was. Like, we talked to people, and they were like, yeah, we walked past, and we just saw these people laying on the ground. They looked like mermaids. Like, we wow. didn't know what they were actually doing. That's good, but at least they got to see boobs, you know? Yeah, exactly. Well, I, only one had her boobs shown. The other ones had their arm across it. So. I strongly suspect that uh, any, anybody who's a member of PETA has boobs you probably don't want to see, though. That seems like a bit of a Faustian bargain right there. All right, so you do you guys as a general rule, do you get anybody that comes down from Peter, whoever, that gives you kind of flack about this? Not really. Okay. We we haven't had anybody come down. I mean, we get a letter. We got like two letters in the past like year. And right. We, uh, and they were from PETA, you know, about like throwing dead animals and all this stuff. And if they compare it to throwing a dead kitten, which is, you know, almost ridiculous. Like, you're not going to go home and eat this kitten. Seriously, it's not like you have a big glass case full of, uh, you know, you know, you know, felines or something that somebody's going to be uh, taking home in a bag or whatever. So yeah, exactly. And you know, I mean, they're welcome to have their opinion. We're we're fine with it. We don't we're not down, down talking them or you know, we had people come up and wanted us to make videos, you know, talking bad about PETA and all this stuff. And it's like we're just we're just going to let them have their opinion. And that's all it is, is their opinion. You know what? Because this is a land of many disparate thoughts, my friend. Well done. Hey, I have to ask you real quickly. Were you there when Anthony Bourdain came through? Uh, I was off that day, but oh. yes. I oh, man. Oh. Uh, so, it, well, you guys are an institution, and so we're glad to hear that that has not changed. And as you said, America is a big tent where all are welcome and all are uh, reasonably uh, free to do what they wish. Well, looks like I'll see some fish throwing when I come up there. Yeah, come it, on down. We're still throwing. Yeah, we have a lot of people coming up here asking us, you know, Oh, it sucks you guys can't throw fish anymore, and that's when we start throwing them. All right, well, we are glad. Good. We are glad to help spread the truth uh, All right, to counter that. All right, thank you, Jeremy. There you go. That is Jeremy from the Pike Place, uh, Pike Place Fish Market. There you go. That's uh, well done, Greg Nibbler. Excellent. Awesome. Hey, uh, don't forget, by the way, coming up the day after tomorrow. Today is Tuesday, which means tomorrow is Wednesday, which means Thursday, starting at noon. Our good friends at uh, Dick Hanna Dodge are going to be offering general admission Crew Fest 2 tickets for only $10, ladies and gentlemen, just 10 bucks. Get your tickets. See Crew Fest 2, which happens a week from today. That is next Tuesday at Clark County Amphitheater. That's uh, starting this Thursday at noon at Dick Hanna Dodge. Crew Fest 2 tickets for just $10. You can find them more at KUFO.com. Straight ahead, more news from Tim Riley, including what headlines, Tim? Well, fancy you should ask. Simon Cowell wants Paula Abdul back on American Idol. And the Octo Mom calls 911 when one of the non-Octos won't stop vomiting. Excellent. Straight ahead, we are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. You stay right there. It's Tuesday morning. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101. KUFO. Share your thoughts with billions. Call 503-228-4101. Watch me go lube up Academy Award nominated actor John Turturro. Oh, yeah. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for joining us today. It's 503-228-4101 at this juncture, ladies and uh, gentle folk. You call our number 10 at 
for 101. You're going to uh, score yourself a uh, pass for two to the premiere of Funny People, which is the latest from writer-director Judd Apatow, starring Adam Sandler, Seth Rogen, Jonah Hill, and Jason Schwartzman. The KUFO premiere is next Monday, the 27th, from Columbia Pictures, rated R, 18 and older. But if you are a caller, uh, number 10 right now, 503-228-4101. You win yourself a, a pass for two to see the KUFO premiere of Funny People next Monday. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 845 from the CBS News Center. It's going to be 95 degrees today. 100 degrees by the weekend. It is currently 66. Well, hopefully things go bad in Clackamas County. When the power went out on the hottest day, a high voltage line, for some unknown reason, fell to the ground around 315 when it was its hottest, leaving over 17 homes powerless and sweltering 90 degree plus weather. Well, they found out what that giant Alaska mystery blob is. No, we're not talking about Sarah Palin. It was something floating in the water in the Arctic. It turned out. Was to there be... an allegation really? that we were talking? <laughs> was that a matter of some confusion <laughs> among the listening public? It was. It turned out to be marine algae. Not Sarah Palin. No. This giant blob. A man whose relatives say had been sniffing gasoline, burst into flames after a policeman <laughs> tasered him. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, Is this a taser watch? Is this a taser watch I or a Darwin so. watch? Is he dead? Well, a combination of both. Is he alive or dead? Uh, dead. Wait. Oh. Uh, uh, Wait, uh, he is dead? Let me let me double check here. Uh, yeah, dead. <sighs> I don't know, Sarah. Darwin watch or taser watch? Maybe we should start it as a taser watch and then end it with the Darwin okay, watch. Okay, so we'll, we'll, t- we'll take it back a step. Okay, so here is your taser slash Darwin watch. We'll open as a taser watch. Go ahead and... Uh... Because that's the way things happen. Tase them dead. This comes to us from Australia, where a man tasered after sniffing gasoline bursts into flames. Wow. He's 36-year-old, or was 36-year-old Ronald Mitchell. Well, he's probably Ronald still 36. Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, police are responding to a complaint at a house when Mitchell ran outside the house carrying a cigarette lighter and a large plastic bottle containing what is believed to be gasoline. <laughs> when he refused to stop running toward him, one officer tased him. He immediately was engulfed in flames. They smothered the blaze (laughs) the best they could. Then an 18-year-old woman threw rocks at the officer as he tried to help. (laughs) It's like the... uh... It's well, like it's who like, ended up with a cut to his head and burns to his hand. It's like the Gresham of Astralasia. So the woman is charged with two counts of assaulting a police officer after, I mean, he tried to pull out the flames. Wow. Of the combustible man. Oh, good God almighty. All and right. These so, things do happen. Sniffing gasoline, tased, ablaze, girlfriend throws rocks at police officer. Dead guy. Yes. Excellent. There's your taser slash Darwin watch for Tuesday on the Dick Emerson oh, video no, program. No. I wish there was video of that. You never really know when such classic moments are going to take place, though. That's the problem. They have to just start taping every time a cop goes out. They have to tape everything everywhere, because otherwise you're missing these golden opportunities for visual amusement. Hey, Octomom, one of your kids is vomiting. Call 911. Hello, County Fire. Hi, uh, can you get someone over here? I really, really fast. Uh, 
And there's just nothing there I can I can discern except for yeah. she says I think he ate a plate of salmon. That's all yeah. I could hear. All right, that happens. Time for Geek Watch. All right, here's your uh, Geek Watch to wrap up the news in style, ladies and gentlemen. This high-speed modem is intolerably slow. In the Quasar dilemma, remember you used just a television show. That's all, okay? <laughs> right, but because we were wondering if the quantum flux, and I just listen on it. There, there is no quantum flux. There's no auxiliary. There's no goddamn shit. You got it? Here's Tim Riley with your Tuesday Geek Watch. Attention all scabs. (laughs) 20th Century Fox, which is still producing the series, which is Futurama, even though new episodes will air on Comedy Central, is recasting the major voice roles for the shows. That'll mean no more Billy West, Katie Seagal, Marisa Lamash, mm. or Tress McNeil. And I mean, so you just go down the list. So Billy West, who does like everything on that show, Billy West is first and foremost, he's Fry, he's Fry and he's Professor Farnsworth. Those are the big two. There's uh, 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 Katie Seagal, who is Leela. Uh, Maurice Lamarche, who is, um, he is Hermes. And then also... Um, is he Bender? He's Kiff. He's not Bender. That's John DiMaggio. Uh, he does Bender. He's Kiff, and he's also he's that uh, he's the one cop that always says, "Oh yeah." Afterwards, after they put a beat down on a brother, uh, so uh, so Fox released a statement saying, "We love the future rapper voice performers, and accidentally wanted to use them, but unfortunately, we couldn't meet their salary demands." You know, F them. Yeah. F them. Well, replacing these talented actors will be difficult. No. The show must go on. You know, but, but that's. It's it's not going to ah, go on. Okay, all you scabs. Ah, makes me angry. Well, first of all, they've already announced that they're cutting a bunch of the writers. They're not even bringing back most of the writing staff. Oh, I'm not even going to watch it. That's I, why. Like, what is the point? No, yeah, no, they, I don't want it to taint the memory of Futurama for me. And I mean, it, so, it sounds like they're replacing nearly the entire cast. When they say they couldn't meet their salary demands, that's absurd because you know that they couldn't have been asking for anything. I mean, at most, they were probably asking for what they were making last time around. Which seems reasonable. And it also is very interesting in that story that, you know, Futurama was created by Matt Groening, who's still on board as an executive producer. I would think that Matt Groening doesn't say anything about it. Mm. You would think that Matt Groening could just step in and say, well, no, F that. I mean, especially considering that Fox ought to just get down on their hands. Fox ought to be made to kiss the ass of a golden Matt Groening statue every morning before they go to. That ought to be the thing they have to do to get into their offices every morning. Instead of a Murdoch. Instead of a doorknob or something or like a handle, there should just be a huge ass of Matt Groening that comes out of the door that's made of platinum that they have to uh, that they have to smooch to get on into the offices. Well, we should. I'm sorry, I'm getting very exercised. We should bring a uh, bring the curtain down. There's yours irredeemably uh, offensive geek watch for a Tuesday. The love of God. The sons of Warvan, I shall avenge you. Next. Ooh, loneliness and cheeseburgers are a dangerous mix. That infuriates me. All right. Here's something that will infuriate your... Le- 
I Lord, can't speak. Uh, here's on the high point. <laughs> something that'll that'll uh, We want to remind you that uh, coming up on Friday, ladies and gentlemen, at 9 a.m., the KUFO Half Off Sale, which you can find out more about at KUFO.com, will feature uh, such fine establishments as Rasha Thai and Asian Kitchen, uh, which is where you can find all kinds of Thai curry dishes, traditional flavors, everything from fish to beef to duck, plus uh, vegetables or tofu. Starting Friday at 9 a.m., you can just go there, you click off the Half Off banner, click the Half Off banner at KUFO.com, and you'll get yourself a $25 Rasha Thai and Asian Asian Kitchen Gift Certificate for $12. So that is a 12 gets you 25 there because it is the half-off sale starting this Friday at 9 a.m. The Rasha Thai and Asian Kitchen, where Thai curry dishes are traditionally made with all kinds of ingredients. And again, you get a $25 gift certificate for $12 starting this Friday at 9 a.m. Before you can uh, buy one, though, we're going to give one away right now to caller 10 at 503 503- Two two eight four one zero one five zero three two two eight four one zero one, and again you can buy those starting this Friday nine a.m. at kufo. dot com. Uh, join us tomorrow when our guests will include uh, Peter Carlin from the Oregonian, and I do believe the returning Kelly Clark of the Willamette Week will join us in the studio tomorrow. Back from a six-week tour of Europe, Scandinavia, and the subcontinent. We want to thank uh, CNN radio correspondents Lisa Desjardins and Steve Kastenbaum, Don Taylor from Cinematical and Movies. dot com, as well as Dax Holt from TMZ, and also Jeremy from the uh, Pike Place Fish Market. Rick Emerson show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Dillon for Rock 101 KUFO in the newsroom. Tim Riley on the phones. Greg Nibbler at the front uh, desk. The gatekeeper is Dave Zinn. The webmistress, Bridget from upstairs. CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Don't F with me. Reynolds executive producer, Christopher J. Paddock. Coming up at 9, it is Smells Like the 90s with our good friend Buzz. It is Tuesday, July 21st, 2009, and that is the frequency. Kenneth, as always, thank you for listening. Be safe. See you all tomorrow at 5 a.m. Watch out for snakes. Bye now. It's embarrassing to have someone help you with your personal matters. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area, your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.